got uh, two uh, today. Now, one of them is a repeat, but I figure it's appropriate. So should I start with the appropriate repeat and then end with the, the, the new one? Or should I start with the new one and then segue into the one that we've already used? I'd say new, then, then the one we already used. All right, here's the, uh, we'll start with the new one. Few people on this planet know what it is to be truly despised. Can you blame them? I earn a living fronting an organization that kills 1,200 human beings a day. 1,200 people. We're talking two jumbo jet plane loads of men, women, and children. I mean, there's Attila, Genghis, and me, Nick Naylor, the face of cigarettes, the Colonel Sanders of nicotine. This is where I work, the Academy of Tobacco Studies. It was established by seven gentlemen you may recognize from C-SPAN. These guys realized quick if they were going to claim that cigarettes were not addictive, they better have proof. This is the man they rely on. Ernhard von Gruppenmund. They found him in Germany. I won't go into the details. He's been testing the link between nicotine and lung cancer for 30 years and hasn't found any conclusive results. The man's a genius. He can disprove gravity. Then we've got our sharks. We draft them out of Ivy League law schools and give them timeshares and sports cars. It's just like a John Grisham novel. You know, without all the espionage. Most importantly, we've got spin control. That's where I come in. I get paid to talk. I don't have an MD or law degree. I have a bachelor's in kicking ass and taking names. You know that guy who can pick up any girl? I'm him on crack. Man, what's the matter? I don't know. Maybe it's wife, kids, family life. I mean, are you? Are you satisfied, Glenn? Don't you ever feel suffocated? Like, like there's something big pressing down. Yeah, I do know that feeling. And I told Dot to lose some weight, but she don't want to listen. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, I know what you mean. I mean, you got all these responsibilities now. You're married, you got a kid. I mean, it looks like your whole life is set down. And where's the excitement? Yeah, Glenn, I guess that's it. Okay, that's a disease, but you got a cure. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Dr. Glenn is here to tell you that you can heal that self. What do I got to do? Well, you just got to broaden your mind a little bit. Like, say if I was to ask you, what do you think about Doc? Well, she's a fine woman you got there. Okay. Now, you might not know it to look at her, but she's a hellcat. That right. T-I-G-E-R. What's that got to do with uh, Now, don't rush me. The thing about Dot is, she told me this. She thinks, she thinks you're cute. And I could say the same thing about Ed. What are you talking about, Glenn? What am I talking about? I'm talking about sex, boy. What the hell are you talking about? I'm talking about Lamore. I'm talking to me and daughter swingers. As in to swing. I'm talking about wife swapping. I'm talking about what they call nowadays open marriage. I'm talking about... Keep your goddamn hands off my wife. I'm only trying to help. Keep your goddamn hands off my wife. You're crazy. These two girls are not really lesbians. 
They are a part of the free-thinking group you have heard about in America today called Swingers. Swingers call themselves sexually free people who take their love and lust where they find it. CIM Productions brings you Spread It Around, the amazingly frank true story about the birth of a swinger. In Spread It Around, you will follow Nancy Lewin as she crosses over the threshold from the so-called nice girl to a world where sex is king, where every new partner, no matter the sex, brings a new pleasure, and where anything and everything goes. initiated into the land of lesbos by two expert female lovers. You'll be a witness to her first experience in true swinging as her fiancé watches. Spread it around is a vivid graphic experience in the world of today's sexually enlightened society. It will dispel any illusions about the meaning of the word swinger. thing about that Raising Arizona speech, too, is how when he says, I'm talking about Lamore, how he kind of rolls his R a little bit at oh, the yeah, end. He's like, I'm talking about sex. What are you talking about? <laughs> She's a Hellcat. G-I-G-E-R. <laughs> Shudder. <laughs> All right. Hello. It's uh, six minutes and 18 seconds after the hour of 11, and this the month of December, in the year of our Lord, 2007. Thank you for coming along and making it part of... Now just horrified. Thank you for coming along and making it part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed and sexy studios of AM 970 Southern State Radio. This, my friends, is the Emerson Radio Program. Uh, it is Thursday. Welcome to Day 12. Hello. Hi. Uh, howdy. Hi. Hello. How are you? Greetings. Aloha. And so forth. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. If you'd like to be part of our radio program today, 503 733 2970 for your comments, your questions, your clarifications, your conventions, your two cents, your uh, what have you. Richie Bristol is standing by, ready, willing, and able to pass along your observations about the interesting, the groundbreaking, the tedious, the mundane, or the socially unacceptable in every way. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. Uh, you can also email if you would like. Uh, it is rick at rickemerson.com. <clears throat> rick at RickEmerson.com, Sarah at 970.am, Tim at 970.am, or Richie with a T at 970.am. Uh, a uh, couple things before we even get started, uh, lest ye forget. So I uh, will not be here on Monday. Let's all keep that in mind. I will be in, remember, I'll be in glorious Orem, Utah on Monday. No, I didn't remember. We had a whole thing about it because I'm being punished. I mean, I'm sorry, because I love Utah. 
So on Monday, uh, it'll just be uh, it'll be best ups with uh, with some news business. So yeah, that is this coming Monday because I was originally not going to have to go. And then, but then you forgot Laura's birthday. Then the whole forgetting of the birthday. I swear we had this discussion. No. No. Really? Never. All right. Well, I apologize. Maybe I just had the whole thing in my head. Uh, so yeah, this coming Monday, uh, I'll be back, but I won't be back. I'll be back at like two. Uh, so the, the plane won't won't get me back in time to do the show. So well, we uh, can we can man the ship without you. Yeah, I know. Uh, I know I'm ancillary to the whole thing. So this coming uh, this coming Monday the seventeenth. Uh, will be uh, so-called best ups, and then uh, Tim and Sarah will have uh, a typical amusing banter, and then it'll just be some crap from the archives that we will foist upon you, mislabeled as so-called greatest bits ever. So that's uh, this coming Monday. Uh, it, it, that's the only day that I'm gone. And then so uh, next Friday, though, a week from tomorrow is the Rick Emerson Holiday Extravaganza. Did you finish writing it? Uh, I, I well, I finished all of my contributions. Todd uh, Workhoven finished all of his stuff, and then Joni, it, I had left it with Joni to do some final sort of tweaks. And I, I, as of now, it should be done. I'm kind of checking my inbox to see when Joni's it arrives. Joni's probably going to write a really mean part for me. She's kind of mad at me. Yeah, no, there's <laughs> a lot of that going around. Um, you can just add your name to the list. So, uh, yeah, so, so Todd, the way we, not to get too inside on the thing that people haven't even heard yet. <clears throat> pardon me. Uh, is that... Um, yeah, so so Todd uh, the corpse uh, wrote the the uh, the, what the, the treatment I guess of this the first sort of draft of it with the story arc we all kind of sat around and hashed out the story arc he took the first pass at it and then Joni and I went and rewrote you know kind of over the top of that adding some stuff losing some stuff changing some things and then I left it with her because there was one scene in particular that she wanted to take another whack at so uh, as of now it should be done. Uh, yesterday, uh, I started contacting people uh, who have uh, roles in this and saying, hey, would you like to be part of our big uh, live radio play we're doing? And uh, anyway, so we're kind of hearing back from people right now. So it's going to be very exciting. Is it like a cattle call with the casting couch? <laughs> exactly. I'm going to need some twins. Uh, the uh, yeah, so we're, we're you know asking people right now, we're waiting to hear back from everybody, and hopefully everybody that we've asked to be part of it uh, will be able to be part of it. And some people have to check in with their bosses and get time off of work or whatever. So uh, that is a week from tomorrow, next Friday. Uh, the Rick Emerson Show's Holiday Spectacular. Um, so the radio plays really only one part of that. I mean, the rest of the day it'll be more or less a normal program, but we're going to have, uh, I think, some musical guests. Uh, some people are going to be in the studio performing uh, holiday favorites for you and your family. And then, yeah, the uh, radio play will happen uh, in the 2 o'clock hour. It's all very exciting. And then on Christmas Eve, I know we're really getting ahead of ourselves here, but on Christmas Eve, because um, it, Tim and Sarah are gone on Christmas Eve, I think I'll kind of be in the building, but we won't be doing like a regular show. On Christmas Eve, we will be playing uh, Tim Riley's, is it... Just Frank Sinatra, or is it like a Rat Pack kind of a thing? There are a few Rat Packs, too, but mostly Sinatra. So Tim Riley's uh, Rat Pack Christmas special, uh, which you may have heard last year. We will play that this year on Christmas Eve, uh, and then also we'll play Behind the Christmas, uh, which we do every year, uh, and then, uh, you know, just some other crap. So uh, th that'll be on Christmas Eve, and then Christmas Day, I don't know what's happening. I'm not going to be here. So, uh, so uh, let's see. Christmas Day, you're not going to be here? I don't think so. You're taking Christmas. So. And I'm not going to be here the day after <laughs> because Christmas. Because we've just run out of we've run out of people to come man the board. We've run out of people. Everybody, because everybody, the, the thing is, you it, are nuts. The only reason you're not working on Christmas is because you can't find anybody to run the board. It's a long story. Anyway, well, you sense. need to take a day off. 
So I'm told. Why don't we just have dead air that day? <laughs> How can Lara be married to you? You never want to take off any, like, holidays or any time or anything. Rick Emerson cares about the people. If one person hears the show that day, then it was worth doing the show. He's where the Lord wants it. In less than an hour. I felt like we were all starting different speeches there. <laughs> Anyway, so uh, so a week from tomorrow, though, is the big holiday show. So be listening for that. Circle, uh, circle it on your calendars now. Uh, here's what's coming up today. Geek Watch. Kind of a sad Geek Watch today, actually. Uh, Brittany Watch. Uh, we have two different top fives, and I really am going to try to get to both of them today. I know we don't even ever get to one top five, but we have two different top fives today created by a listener. This guy, Chris. Uh, I won't use his last name because who knows if he's... I never know when people are... You know, just spending all of their work time sending us crap. So this guy, Chris, sends us two separate top fives because, you know, later on today, certain members of the Rick Emerson will be visiting a local wife-swapping emporium. And so he has created two different top fives. Top five creepiest songs to hear playing in a swingers club. And then the top five just plain weird songs to be playing in a swingers club. Out of where? You know where I'm talking about. These two girls are not really lesbians. They are a part of the free-thinking group you have heard about in America today called Swingers. Fantastic. Yeah, so that is later on today. We'll talk about I that in a minute. I am so excited. Really? Really. Okay. Seriously, this is a... This is like the underbelly of, you know, this. you never get to see this kind of stuff. The seamy dark side of American culture. In the six years I've lived in Portland, I have, every time I've driven by that you place, wonder. I've been curious. Okay, well, we'll jump back on this in just a second. But yeah, so that is coming up today. No, because I share your curiosity. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. And so we'll be going with a handful I think of people every today. normal person well, shares Well, because it's just weird. I mean, and again, I don't mean weird in a bad way. It's just odd. I think we could all agree, and again, we're not passing a moral judgment, but I think we could all agree that it is, by definition, sort of a deviation from the norm. It's, which is, you know, doesn't necessarily mean it's bad in any way. I'm just saying it is, it is, not, it is yeah. not typical. Fair and enough. so I think people are drawn to those things which are perhaps not typical. They are interested in, uh, in or curious about those things. Jeez, I don't get uh, so we'll try to do both of those top fives today. Uh, Rachel McGrath will be joining us. And here's the thing. I don't have another theme for Rachel McGrath because I didn't know we were talking to her today. Actually, that's what I was going to talk to you about. She's not available at 11.50. But we could take her later. Or would you rather just not take her Well, here's the thing. Do we care this much about the Golden Globes? Anyone? No. No. no okay. Not much of freeloaders anyway. No. So and they come over here and take advantage of our, our hospitality and they you don't even the, live here. The British? Well, anyone in these Golden Globe Award nominees are from foreign countries. Not right. Well, you know what? Let's pass them because I don't have another theme song for her anyway. And we had such a great experience yesterday. But I feel like it's all going to go downhill if I bring her on with the office theme again. So, uh, yeah. all right. So all we right, have. So, uh, all right, I'm writing them right now. So we're passing. Excellent. Yeah, we're going to pass. Do you want me to reschedule anyone else because we have somebody at 30? Uh, is that Lisa? Now nah, let's do that. Okay. Uh, so we'll keep Lisa at 30. Uh, Steve Kastenbaum at 11:50. And, uh, no, I'm sorry, at uh, 110. And then, uh, let's see, uh, Storm Large will be in the studio with us in the 2 o'clock hour. And Tim's favorite guest, Dr. Elmo, will be joining us today at 2, 2 p.m. One of the, the most famous for the creation of Grandma Got Run Over by a Ranger. But here's the thing. It, it, we're not just going to do the same old interview. I was talking to Sarah about this yesterday, and I do have an idea for how we'll do this. Uh, we'll unveil it here in a little while. But I, I, have, I have kind of a, I hope, hope maybe not great, but an interesting uh, idea. For the Dr. Elmo interview. Uh, it is High Concept Thursday, too, so we'll try to get to uh, that as well. Tim Riley is working on the following stories for your edification. Well, this isn't good. 
Another bicyclist has been hit and killed by a car this time in Gresham really? moments ago. Mm. Washington County Max will be the first to have a permanent police force to kick some ass. The four guys have been back for peddling their drugs on the east side, Max. A local man kills a dangerous pit bull with a machete and should be applauded. The feds go after Al Sharpton on some money matters. That'll teach him to mess with Iron. Madonna and John Cougar are nominated into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Highway 30 may reopen permanently at some point this afternoon. And Corvallis is declared the safest, most desirable place in America to live. Seems unlikely. Were you talking about people, quote, kicking some ass? I believe so, yeah. I don't think I've ever heard you say that. I think that is the first time you've uttered that phrase on the show ever. We're breaking new ground today, left and right. Well, it's Christmas. <laughs> it's Christmas. It's the time for kicking ass. <laughs> um, all right. Let's see. Uh, i got some email here. Oh, wait. We've got an Alex Trebek joke. Is it too soon? Is he dead? No. Oh, he's still alive. No, he's still, well, to the best of our knowledge, he's still alive. This is from uh, a guy who messaged me on the, uh, the MySpace, Eddie. Hey, Tim and Sarah. Did you hear that Alex Trebek's heart attack was more severe than first reported? How severe was it? How severe was it? Well, he's going to have to undergo the daily double bypass surgery. <laughs> ah! All right. That was pretty funny. I wish I'd thought of it. <laughs> I think you're feigning amusement, Tim Riley. All right. Uh, let's see. So we'll get to these calls. Oh, Glorious Bastard of the uh, Week. Uh, don't forget, we're counting down to the Glorious Bastard of the Year as well. That'll be Monday, December 31st, Christmas uh, Christmas Eve, New Year's Eve. Uh, we'll be announcing the Glorious Bastard of the Year. Uh, I'll be winning some furniture from EcoPDX, whole pile of DVDs, including, I, I think, Kisolo it, it is Kissology Volume 3. Also, I think the Zeppelin stuff as well. Uh, some books, a whole bunch of stuff. So, if you are not yet registered as a Glorious Bastard, you got to do that. Do that at 970 dot am today the glorious bastard of the week but on the 31st the glorious bastard uh, of the year you can find out more at 970 uh dot am let's see what else have i written down here oh and by the way scott daly if you're listening seriously the couch is yours just come to come <laughs> i think he offered at one point five dollars more than lara's friend was going to pay so sold for five dollars more than she was going to pay because it, it, he had come over he, i think it was when we were going to the geek house for the weekend and he said, oh, is this is this the couch? As he's pointing to this monstrous couch in our living room. And um, and he said, oh, is this the couch that won't fit in the basement? And I said, yeah. And he goes, uh, how much is Lars Friend paying for it? And I'm like, $120, less than half of what we did. And he's like, I'll give you 125 And yeah. at that point, I was like, take it. And Lars like, no, I already promised my friend. But we're dropping the hammer. I am officially bringing the end of this nonsense. Since it's after it now and I can't blow up by talking about it on the air, I totally set Scott up on a date. Really? And he went on a date with my friend last night. Was it a sexy date? I don't know, because he said that they had made plans uh, after we had all seen I Am Legend the other night. Uh, we went and met up uh, at this bar on Hawthorne because he wanted to get some food, and one of my friends happened to be there, and they hit it off quite a bit. Now, is this Scott Daly's first uh, real date since uh, the divorce proceedings? I don't know if it was a real date. They were just saying they were going to hang out, but um, I guess she asked him out on a date. Richie is typing on the screen. No, no, no. I don't understand. Oh, he didn't do anything in the bathroom with that girl. Um, no, so, and she's this girl is really pretty too. Really? Yeah, Can I see a picture yep, of her? Right. She actually left me a comment recently. You are kind of a matchmaker at heart. I do get that sense about you. <laughs> so Scott Daly is that we have discussed on this program. Like many Americans, this and is I relatable. Was respectful. I did not bring it up because you, I did not you, want to ruin it before. 
This is, you know, many Americans are or will be divorced. So this is uh, this is quite relatable. So Scott okay. Daly is, uh, yes, he's being sued picture. for divorce, and so we're immediately trying to set him up with uh, with somebody. So yeah, so he's so Scott, if you're out there, you can you can have the couch for five dollars. All right, not this freaky looking one, but that's. Oh, she's really cute. She's and super smart and really nice, and she's and she's crazy. Excellent. Is that the one with or without lipstick? Without. You know what they say about the crazy girls? She's an earthy type. Bada bing. She's an earthy type. She's an earth mother. Oh, there. She's organic. Oh. Hello. Hopefully you've seen that this morning. Is that her sexy morning face? I guess so. Well done, Scott Daly. She's a hellcat. Yeah, she's saucy. I like her. T-I-G-E-R. Uh, all right, so we'll get these calls here in just a second. So, yeah, so I am now, I am officially just, uh, I am putting down the boot on this. Uh, I, we are going to give the couch to Scott Daly. So is the girl am, just dilly-dallying? And Jesus, I don't know what her deal is. Um, I won't make you talk bad about Laura's friend. Yeah, so. What is with your coffee cup? Tim gave it to me. I gave it to her. What is wrong with it? It has blisters. It's, it's got typhus. It has scabies. It's weird. There's the, the plastic... Laminated stuff on the outside is all bubbled out. So it's a out. styrofoam coffee cup, but it's got a plastic surface on it, and the coffee, the coffee spot, it's making the plastic bubble. Mm-hmm. Jesus, it's like a, it's a, it's like a leper cup. Yeah, Tim was really grossed out. I it, wouldn't. So he gave it to me. It's the Chernobyl cup. <laughs> Seriously, I wouldn't let that touch your skin if I were you. Um, all right, so coming up today, uh, later on uh, after the program, uh, we will be touring uh, Yay Old Swingers Club. Uh, it's all very exciting. So it's going to be Sarah and myself, Richie Bristol, uh, and I think my wife might be there, and then a couple of uh, Sarah's hot friends will be there as well. So it'll be all very exciting. The one that uh, met Scott Daly? The one that, probably not the one that met Scott Daly. There, they might still be occupied. Uh, so that's coming up, and then we'll give you the whole recap of that today. Storm will be in the studio later and so forth. But I, uh, but I, I do think you are, you are really right about this, that it's, um, it is a thing that, because I have to tell you, I, you know, because Laura and I used to live, as I've said many times, right across the street from that place. You know, or it's like you'd, you know, you'd walk down to, uh, you know, the, the store, to the, you know, the, the plant pantry or whatever, and you walk by that place, and of course, the swingers' place is set up so, even if you were to walk right by the front door, because it's right next to a bank that I used to go to, even if they open the front door and you look in, it is sort of, um, in other words, it's not a straight shot from the front door into the area where the action is. Uh, it's sort of like uh, bathroom doors in a in an office building. So, like, even if you were to walk by a bathroom door here when it's open, you can't see anybody doing their business because it's set up and it's sort of a you know a little bit of a maze before you see the uh, you know whatever. So I have I don't know anything about the inside. Uh, we have many listeners uh, who who have gone there. Or Someone told me of the about place. a bunch of hot tubs and like a big room with padded walls. That's all I know. Storm's whole thing was she's obsessed with the baby, baby room. room. Storm's whole thing is I heard there's a room with a with a crib. With a big crib and like. <laughs> Diapers for guys to wear and, and that get paddled. Was, that's apparently what made the decision for her that she wanted to go. Unfortunately, apparently she's not actually going to be able to attend that. But she was that. That was what made the decision for Storm. I want to go to the swingers club to see the baby room, which is the sort of thing that only Storm can get away with saying. I, and I'm saying that to my friend Lisa, who just had a baby <laughs> coming with us. I'm like, and they have a baby room. <laughs> she's calling. She's calling the authorities. Um, yeah, really. That's uh, really only Storm and or. Uh, Aaron can get away with making those comments. Everybody else, you just you want to book them a you want to book them a reservation with somebody. 
All right. Uh, let's see. Well, let's take this one call, then we have to break. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hi, Rick. How you doing? What's up? Hello. Hello. Hey. Uh, just like you, we live in the neighborhood, too. And is so that, is the, living in the neighborhood here. code for, is that like being in the lifestyle? We uh, live well, in the neighborhood. That's similar, but we're totally, me and my wife are totally obsessed with that place. So when we drive by, of course, it's like going by a car wreck. We stare, we look. We hope to see somebody hot going in there, but of course we never do. No. Um, I don't know if you if it happened when you lived across the street, but the Christians used to show up with their big, giant, oversized signs that would say "Burn in Hell" and stuff, and they used to videotape the people going in there, and we used to laugh at, at that. But my obsession with that place is, for the longest time, they had an altar that they had bought from some church or something that had been decommissioned or whatever it is they do with churches. And for the longest time, it sat out in front of the club, and then they finally either moved, I believe they moved it inside. So I would like to take the tour, too, just so I can see. Oh, see, like, how did I know this was? that altar for? How did I know this was going there? So, in summation, Rick, I would like to tour the sex club with you. Yes, I would, and, and I actually, I'm, <laughs> I mean, I'm friends with, we're friends with Storm. Storm knows that she can vouch for us, but... I would just, because I don't think I'll ever never have another chance to get inside Because God knows so. you couldn't actually just pay the 30 bucks and go. That's way too much money to be around <laughs> a bunch of fat, naked people. Well, fair but enough. Because that, that's my impression of that place. Yeah. Is that it, but, you know, if you look at, at when that place is open, look in that bank parking lot and look where the uh, Dotties or whatever it is and Shucks, look at how full... Those parking lots are at 10 o'clock at night. Oh, no, it's true. No, it's, they're, yeah. they're all kinds of people. I mean, that this place is not frequented by a few people. No, it's not. And, right. and our nickname for it is not the ass club. It is the front bottom club. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Bye now. There you go. That's uh, that guy. All right. Hey, take a break here. Be, uh, be back after this. Uh, Lisa Desjardins will join us later on. Uh, Tim Riley in the Ministry of Truth, Storm Large, Dr. Elmo, two top fives, and your calls. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Well, that sounds exciting. All right. Why, hello. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Lisa Desjardins joining us here in just a few. This is why I love our audience, because they send us emails like this. Rick, here's some bacon apple pie that I just made. Here's a photo. Thank you, sir. Uh, let's see. Uh, before we do uh, anything else. It's called Sex Panther by Odeon. I wonder which cologne Richie will be wearing today. It's quite pungent. So, uh, welcome, Richie Bristol. The, uh, happened just to be walking. He wasn't even in his room. Walking by the studio. Hello, Richie Bristol. How are you today? Hello, good. All right. Are you uh, are you getting uh, questions for the Dr. Elmo interview? Yes, is uh, Dr. Elmo interviewer helper? I'm sorry. Is that, the oh, microphone's that's, way down. Oh, I'm, oh, I'm sorry. sorry. That's what they call. I didn't know what you said. That's what they call the prep oh, that they send you. Are you kidding? Interview yeah. helper. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, we'll talk more about the Dr. Elmo interview here in a few because I think we've got a an interesting way to do that today and, and not make it uh, just just a whole bunch of tedious ass. Um, I have to ask you this. Are you, in fact, now dressed up for your visit to the Swingers Club today? Yeah. Richie, who yesterday <laughs> really, it must be said, you look like you should have been doing leg lifts in a prison workyard somewhere. <laughs> now, today, you are wearing, what, black dockers? Uh, no, Afanese. What? Afanese? Afanese? Italian. Oh, they're Italian. Okay, Dirk Diggler. From Mason. No, I'm oh, talking Alfa about your, no, I'm talking about your, your pants. Oh, those two. 
And okay. a shirt too. Okay. So you oh, are, yeah. and you, I'm sure it doesn't it doesn't hurt that Storm Large is going to be in the studio today. Wait, let me let me understand this. Are you in fact dressed head to toe in an entire line of clothing, all from the same manufacturer? Uh huh. Okay. Uh, and, You're weird. <laughs> no, I mean you look nice. I'm just saying you, do, you look very is, sharp. But it's like that episode of One Day at a Time where Schneider like showed up in a so, tuxedo for Mrs. Romano's wedding. Let me wedding. ask you this: Was this an outfit that was on a mannequin? And they were just like, "Give me all that. Like, I what's want, going on? I want to be that guy." No, that was my sister. She works at Macy's. All right. So, uh, let me, okay, but so you're dressed for the, for the thing. Sure, yes. Okay. <laughs> so, and, and not for Storm. Well, he is the mouthpiece for us. I mean, he's the one who did set us up, set us up for us. Yeah, no, that's a fair point. I want to look good for the swingers. <laughs> you know they won't be there, right? Can you just see what, did you see what he did there? He just did like a little gyration of his hips. <laughs> the twist. Yeah, he just went, I, this is what Richard just did. I want to look good for the swingers. Chaka, chaka. And then he just like sort of swung his hips left and right. All right, uh, which cologne will you be wearing to the uh, swingers club today, Richard? I was thinking of doing a mix of, uh, <laughs> just kidding. Um, whatever will repel them not to touch me. What are you, uh, well, there's, them? well, there's, there's not going to be anybody there. there. Oh, by the way, we should also, uh, their smell will be there. Oh, we wait, should just, cool. we should, well, look, that's a fair point. Don't tell me you haven't it's thought about benefit. it. It's a benefit. He can't smell it. That's true. You can't smell anything. Uh, and let's be honest. Let's all let's not pretend we haven't thought about that. You totally, Sarah. I know in your head you have thought about what that place. I have some like. mint chapstick that I have in my first time stick underneath my nose. Like Silence of the Lambs. Totally. Star-shaped entry wounds. Uh, I well, who knows? I mean, again, I'm not trying to pass judgment in advance. I'm just saying these are the things you think of. Look, you walk into a kitchen. You know, even when they're closed, it sometimes smells like bacon. So. Uh, but, I mean, it might be, but I, I guess they do, to be to be fair, they, they said that they are very uh, clean about things, and they do, uh, you know, everything gets a good scrubbing after the fact, so. Well, who knows? I don't know. Um, what was my point? I didn't even know what it was going to be. We should dispel, though, this myth right now that apparently has started to populate itself among certain people in the audience, that we're going there during, quote, business hours. Because Lara yesterday... Is Lara coming today? Uh, she might, I think. She said she wants to, uh, but she's been on this weird work schedule, and she's kind of out of it. So I think she'll be there, but, you know, no, no guarantees. I don't know. Uh, but um, it, it's that thing where even though she and I have been together forever now, it's that whole thing where I, it, she still hears, and Sarah, you know that this is the worst way to hear about something from the show, when you don't hear something that happens on the show personally, but you hear about it from a friend. Oh, yes. And so I have many failed relationships because of the totally because show. like you will have a boyfriend or something who doesn't hear us say something in particular, but a friend will tell him, mm -hmm. hey, you know what Rick and Sarah were saying about you yesterday on that show of theirs. And yeah, even though uh, Raul and I aren't seeing each other anymore, like he's still a good friend of mine. And he was like the other day is like, so I heard you're going to some ass club. He's yeah. like, that's a little weird. Exactly. He's like, he actually thought I was literally going to a swingers club. That, that's like, the no. thing. So, so uh, Lara gets this phone call from a friend of hers yesterday. And uh, in fact, it's the same friend who uh, failed to buy the couch. Um, so your favorite person ever. Yes, that's exactly what she is. And so she's like, hey, so um, let's talk about that thing you're doing Thursday night. And uh, and Lars like what? And she goes, you know, heard you guys are gonna go uh, to the sex club, bow chicka bow, you know. And, I, and 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 so you know, and Lars of course she's had this weird graveyard shift, so she hasn't been here in the show at all this week. And she's like, are you telling people that we're gonna be like, as into swing? <laughs> and I said, no. I said, there's no reasonable way that any person could listen to the show this week and think that we were like we've been very clear about the fact. The, you know, for many reasons, we're going during the day with there's nothing going on. No one's there. It's It'll just, be light when we go in. It's dark when we go it, out. Exactly. <laughs> it's just that the owner is going to walk us through the place and answer any questions we might have. And we're not going to be there during the, the swinging. Um, 
But of course, the friend couldn't wait to like position it that way. So you guys are going to so be saying the friend is a big fan of yours. I tend, I find the people who tend to do that aren't really big fans. Of yeah, them. that's they can't wait to misrepresent exactly. things that happen on the show. They cannot, and they can't, and people. Uh, see now, it sounds like I'm just bitching, but um, but people who are friends so-called, of your significant other, you know, when you work on the radio, they cannot, w and of course, this is very famously depicted in the Private Parts movie, you know, the Stern movie, um, and, and I mean, it happens to everybody on the radio, I think. People who are like your husband, boyfriend, wife, girlfriends, friends, cannot wait to call them and vastly and grossly exaggerate something that happened on the air. So, uh, Rick and then you have to waste to... like ten minutes of airtime trying to say how it wasn't true, but then and they never hear that part totally. anyway. Totally, exactly. So that uh, Rick said he was going to the swingers club and he was going to bang five hot girls while he was there. How do you feel about that, Lara? Jesus. So anyway, did I mention that Scott Daly's taking that couch? I might even clean it before he picks it up. You should maybe you should give him a discount rate. You should just give it to him. Maybe, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll just maybe I will just have the sofa at his house when he comes home today. I'm sorry. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ease down. I got to rain in it. Grinding metal. Hey, so I'm looking at the clock, and Lisa Desjardins is ten minutes late again today. I'm sure it's not her fault. I'll make some calls. Could you do that, please? Thank you so much. Do you Thank have you. the straight CNN number? <sighs> I, uh, uh, it's probably in the trash. Actually, unfortunately, I think I might have thrown yeah. the actual number away. I think so I got it. I put it down there. We will equip you. I was gonna ask you something else. Oh, can you leave me the Dr. Elmo prep? Yeah. Thank you. I hate to have to, uh, to do all this stuff on the air, but it's, uh, it's yeah, it's the second day in a row. There's some, some weird, there's some scheduling weirdness happening at CNN. I don't know what that's all about. All right, so uh, here's what's coming up. So at noon, we will do the noon news hour with Tim Riley. Later on, uh, Steve Castenbaum will be joining us about that uh, Major League Baseball steroid report. Not one, but two top fives that we will try to get to. Uh, and, about won't. The, and won't. Uh, Storm Large will be here. Geek Watch, Britney Watch, a uh, whole bunch of stuff. Okay, so we should talk about the Dr. Elmo interview. Yes. So there was this whole thing that unfolded yesterday where we were talking about Grandma got run over by a reindeer, blah, da, da, blah, da, da, blah, which has sold how many million copies would you say that sold, Sarah? 20 million? Not Actually, not that many. It's only 10. Oh, okay. Only 10. Only more than every who Ramones record put like together. That, that was my question yesterday is who... You can say this about any number of popular songs. Like, who needs to go buy a copy of Hotel California? Like, it, it's on all the time. It just doesn't... There's no need. Uh, but especially a song like this, which by... Even if you really, really love Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer, how many things... It's like cranberry sauce. It's one time a year you're going to use it. So, Tim has talked about how um, that... Uh, he did this interview with Dr. Elmo and it was because he was ordered to do it, and it was, like, it was the most excruciating thing ever. So rather than us doing a, a regular interview with the Dr. Elmo guy that did Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer, we have a bunch of stuff to give away this week, so I think we will tie the two things together. So for the longest time, I've been trying to do this bit, and we've tried it, like I think, twice in the past, and it's failed each time, where we have a listener do the interview with a guest as though the listener is me. Uh, and so I think that's what we're going to do today. So this interview with Dr. Elmo is coming up at um, 2 o'clock. Is that right, Richie? Is it, uh, is it a, a, a 2 p.m. Uh, interview with Dr. Okay, 2 p.m. So here's what we're going to do. Uh, we will what have, is he a doctor of? I, I think it's a, like a kooky, uh, it's like a doctor That's a question. I think it's something. Exactly. In what fields are you, in fact, a doctor? Uh, so I think we will have a listener uh, do the interview with Dr. Elmo today. And if the listener can successfully pull off the interview, 
then the listener will win uh, a bunch of stuff from the uh, crap stack. And then we got the the motorcycle ice racing tickets, and I think we got a, I think we might have a DVD or something as well. So, uh, so what we'll need is we will need a listener who will then be the interviewer. So we might as well do that now. We might as well go ahead and select that uh, select that listener now. So what we need you to do... This nev- Do you remember our show? Remember this never goes well? It never goes well because we never have adequate prep time. Because remember we tried to do it with, uh, what's his name, Cool from Cool and the Gang? And I had the idea, but it was like 30 seconds before the interview started. And, th- and then we tried it again with... Um, Jesus, who did we try it again with? We, we tried this again with somebody... But again, it all it all just came together so badly at the last minute. Oh, because people will call and they'll be overly confident, and then it comes down to it, and it's like, so, uh, what's your favorite color? Exactly. So the, the, this is no. Not that, that I'm any better. I can't interview. And here's the thing: and that you will have to successfully uh, execute the. Uh, you'll have to successfully execute the interview. So I think what we should probably do. I wonder if we should do like a like a a fifth color thing here and see if. Uh, all right. So we'll do that. So all right. So here's what we're gonna do. We'll see if anybody actually is, is up to this challenge. Well, do challenge. we need to do a contest for this? I mean, or should we just have people call in who think they could do it? Cause people call in and they us sell us on the idea? Yeah. All right, okay. So we'll do that. It's uh, 503-733-2970. That is so pleased to be calling now. 503-733-2970. And so what we will do is uh, we will go through. We'll talk to, uh, we'll talk to uh, people here and see if, uh, see if you can sell us on the notion of doing this. And then we will select someone to execute the interview oh, with Dr. Elmo. Aaron just had the greatest idea. Which is what? If their times overlap, you should totally try to get Storm and Dr. Elmo to sing Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer as a duet. <laughs> and she's going to be here around two. <laughs> okay, that is both great and terrible. And Storm would totally do that. I mean, she can totally belt it out. She can do like Gloria Gaynor style. Jesus. It's a terrible idea. It's a terrible idea, but it's also genius. All right, well, I'm going to write that down before I forget it. Storm and Dr. Elmo. All right, so there you go. All right, waiting for the delay, and there you go. So there's people calling. Fools. Uh, all right, so we'll go through and we'll uh, we'll talk to these folks and uh, see uh, if anybody thinks they can pull off this interview uh, with Dr. Elmo. Before we do that, though, let's see exactly... Does that get me Dave's in? I think so. You can ask him about the cup. Uh, no, I'm going to ask to talk to Bridge. I'm going to find out what we have to give the uh, the winner of this contest. Hello. Hello. Dave's in. Hey. Hello, sir. What's uh, up? Hey. So uh, later today we're going to be doing this contest where we have a listener interview, Dr. Elmo uh, of uh, Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer fame. Nice. All right. Can you transfer me to? Is Bridget at her desk? Do you know? Oh uh, yes, she is. Okay. Can you transfer me to Bridget, please? Yes, I Thank can. You. All right. Goodbye. All right. Thank you. So we got it. So we got a couple people here on the phone. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970 if you're interested in taking Hello? Advice. Hello, Bridget. Yeah. Hey, it's Rick Emerson. How are you? <laughs> Good. How are you? Hi. Uh, try not to use the F word right now. Oh, okay. Don't I'll try my hardest. All right. So uh, later today we're going to uh, attempt to execute this contest. This will be the third time we've tried to do this contest in the life of this program. We'll see if it works today. To have a, a listener interview Dr. Elmo of Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer fame. So, wait, you don't have to list it on the air right now, but do we have some crap to give them if they successfully pull this off? I will definitely get together something. You'll find a pile of uh, a pile of whatnot. Oh, yeah, that'll be 
very, very worthy for this great contest. All right, excellent. Mm -hmm. I just didn't want to promise something that we couldn't deliver. Oh, All we right. can deliver. Excellent. Thank you, Bridget. You are welcome. All right, there you go. That's uh, Bridget from upstairs. All I right. like her. Okay, so let's see. Let's uh, we'll try this. Hi, it's uh, 503-733-2970. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hello. Hello, hi. Yeah, I like to try it. All right. So this is now you are willing to uh, you're willing to interview Dr. Elmo at uh, this would be at two o'clock today. Okay. Oh, wait, Rick, why don't we do a thing where you pretend to be Dr. Elmo? You did a role play. We're yes. going to we're going to role, role play. play it out. All right. <clears throat> okay. So here's how it'll happen, and I'm gonna and then we'll get we'll finalize this now, and then if you're the person who does the interview, then uh, we will do this in a couple hours. So you'll have you have a little while to kind of get yourself in the uh, you know get yourself in the zone. All right. Okay. Okay. So here is how it would work. He will be on hold. You will be on hold. Uh, and then I will give you like a five-second, you know, head, you know, warning. And then you will introduce him as though you were the host of the show. You'll bring him on, and then you'll do the interview with him. Okay. Okay. All right. So now let us now act this out. I will be Dr. Elmo waiting on hold. You just take it and uh, bring me on and uh, start the interview with me. What? All right. Okay, so do you, do you understand what we're doing here, sir? You're supposed sir? to be talking. Oh, okay, 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 yes. Okay, so now, here, so here's the thing. So I'm going to give you, like, five seconds. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shut up, give it, like, a five count, and then take over as though you were the host of the show. Bring me on. Start the interview with me, okay? All right. All right, we'll start it now. Go. Hi, Dr. Elmo. This is uh, Rick Emerson. Show. I'm Rick Emerson, and uh, we are uh, talking about your... No, you know what? I can't do this. I'm driving right now. I'm going <laughs> to Excellent. Thank you. Yeah. That's why we're taking... Yeah, right. That's why we're taking multiple calls. Hello. A strong start. Hi. You're, he really... Start, and then he just fell apart like a like a Chinese tent. Hello. Hi. Hi, Rick. Can you hear me okay? Yes. Is this you? Yeah, this is me. I called a couple of weeks ago. I'm the silverback gorilla guy, and I can destroy this interview. Oh. All right. That's a bold vote of self-confidence. All right. So here's the thing. Same thing as before. You see why we have to do run-throughs on this kind of stuff? Because that guy just folded like a like a bad piece of cardboard. So well, can you please can you please recap because I, I was kind of buzzy when you were prepping him. All right. So the, well, the deal is, uh, and you'll have a couple hours to put this interview together. The deal is, uh, what will happen is he will be on hold. We will have you on the phone just like this, uh, and then we'll give you like a ten-second warning. You'll count to ten, and then you'll bring him on as though you were the host of the show and do a little uh, five-minute interview with him. Got it. Can All I right. ask one question before we begin? Yes. What part of the country is he calling from? Uh, you know, I don't know that. Richie, do you know um, 415? That's San Francisco, I think. I believe he's in San Francisco. I think 415 is San Francisco. Okay. All right. So uh, let's do a little run-through. So give it like a five count and then take over as though you're the host of the show. I will play the part of Dr. Elmo. You got it. All right. And uh, we're back on the air. This is the Rick Emerson program, and we're here with Dr. Elmo of a Grandma Got Ran Over by a Reindeer fame. Uh, are you there, Dr. Elmo? Uh, yeah, hi, hello. Hi, how are you? Listen, we were talking about this all day yesterday, and just the the amazing, uh, I mean, it's like a, just an elevator ride all the way to the top. Can you tell us where this got started, uh, the incubus of this thing, and, and how you guys just took off and, and made the song? Incubus. Okay. He's genius. All right. I pick him. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, let's. Okay, I'm going to put you on hold, sir. Uh, stay there. Don't go anywhere, okay? Sure. All right. We're going to come back to you in a second. We got one more guy we'll audition. Let's audition one more guy, and then we'll kind of make our decision. Uh, hello. Hi. You're on the Rick Emerson Show. Who's this? 
This is John. All right, John. Did you hear us describing this to the last guy? Of course I did. All right, let's do a little run-through. You give it like a five count, and then bring me on as though I were uh, the guest and, uh, you know, and you're the host, okay? Okay. All right, go ahead. And we're back to the Rick Emerson show. Today we have Dr. Elmo on the air with an interview of Grandma Got Run Over by Reindeer Fame. Dr. Elmo, how are you today? Uh, I'm fine. Hey, how are you? Glad to be on the show. Pretty good. Um, I'm supposing by now you're tired of everybody asking you about the song, so I'm going to ask you about other things. Okay. Will, will that work for you? Have well, you I suppose. <laughs> okay. Uh, yes, go ahead. Okay, and uh, where would we find these books? Are they in comic bookstores? Um, yes, they're available in finer bookstores everywhere. Thank you for mentioning them. And um, also the latest controversy concerning you and the use of your song in toys being sold from your from the cartoon series of the same name. Are you still indelved in that? Yes, I'm still indelved in what? Okay. Um, all right. That's uh, what was your name, John? Yeah. All right, John. Excellent. Good try. Uh, I think we're gonna go. I think we're gonna go with the last guy, Sarah. How do you feel about this? Um, you feel like the last guy had the. I think they both did. Well. I, I like to. They're good enough for a weekend show. <laughs> See what you would you be interested in a weekend I show? I like sir? the second guy's um, questions. I like the first guy's delivery. Yeah, your questions are good, and I like your moxie, uh, as Tim would say. I think uh, I don't know. Hold on, I'm going to flip a coin. Actually, I don't know. I'm I'm really Sarah. Do you have a Do you have a quarter? I think we might actually flip a coin because you're right. No, I work in I radio. I got a quarter. I, I'll tell you what it comes up. Hold on, let me. Uh, Tim, don't do you have, have a, a coin? Quarter. No, I have no money. I have a matchbook. None of us have a quarter. No. You do I'll like match flip time? a matchbook. All right, we're gonna, no matches. We're gonna flip a matchbook. Uh, because you're right, I like your questions. The last guy's delivery, I think, was more believable uh, as a host. So we'll flip. All right. Who's on what side? Uh, well, matches. It's the first guy, and the back. It's the second guy. Right. I want to call strike any side. <laughs> I want to call. If you can draw me, you can get into art school. All right. Uh, all right. It is matches. It is the first guy. So, it, so my apologies, sir. But thank you. Great try, though. Good questions too. That works. Thank you, my friend. Have a good All one. Right. We'll get Lisa in just a moment. She's on the uh, on the phone. Uh, hello, Tim. Yes. All right, sir. So it is it is you. So uh, can I ask one thing? What uh, what is out of bounds? Well, try not to do anything that's going to get us sued. Are you going to ask sure. him about like what happened to the Mrs. Elmo? Well, here's well here's kind of what I'm trying to here's what I'm thinking. Hopefully, nobody on the air from the interview is is listening to it. But I'm thinking I might kind of stick with something, you know, regimented, something that he would expect, and then just kind of like uh, just a couple of questions down the road, just like go like off into like politicalville or go off into something about I might segue into the ass club. I don't know. So well, I here's the thing. I We will leave it up to you, but I will say this. Uh, to win the contest today, uh, and how long should we should we say the invest to be? I say six minutes? Yeah. Six minutes. You got to pull it off and be believable. In other words, he can't, you know, he's he's got to, you know, it's got to be a real interview. Um, you got to pull off the interview successfully, and to make it well, just a little bit more challenging, we're going to give you a phrase that must be worked into the interview. Oh, no problem. All right. So you be listening. We're not going to give you the phrase right now. We'll give you the phrase right before you do the interview. So I'm going to put you on hold. Richie Bristol's going to get your contact info, and then we will have you do this interview with Dr. Elmo at 2 o'clock today, okay? Excellent. I'll uh, put you on hold. Richie, if you can get Tim's information there, we will contact Tim at 2 o'clock 
And at 2 o'clock, we will give him the phrase he must work into the interview. So he must then pull off a six-minute interview with Dr. This Elmo. is not a good idea. No, it's a great idea. That's where you're wrong, Sarah Dillon. It's the best idea ever. Speaking of the best whatever ever, let's welcome now to the show from the Hill, CNN Radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins. Hello there. Hi, guys. I'm so sorry. I've, I've got technical problems today, but, you know, wow, wow. Hi. <laughs> Was that a wow, wow like a baby or wah, wah like a, take my wife, please? Well, I'm glad I walked that. I walked that line. I was going for the baby, but I'm glad it was a wah wah. All right, it was sort of a shecky green kind of wah wah there for a second. Um, so, all right, well, I, I, you're probably under the gun. Do you have to uh, bail here? No, just I'm a okay now. I'm okay now. It was all a little right. nutty for a minute. I uh, uh, so a couple things. A, when did they start holding debates at like four in the morning so I can't watch them? Did, does it seem like the debate yesterday? St- when was the, the debate? Was like at 10 a.m. or something yesterday? Well, here's it? the deal. There's a debate on right now. The Did, Democrats, and that, that's one of the reasons that I got behind. Uh, Democrats are debating in Iowa right now. This, it, this is because they changed the schedule in Iowa. The original dates for the debate had to be changed. And then at that point, uh, the Iowa public broadcasting studio space, I think they had trouble getting it. And they had trouble coordinating different schedules. And they said, well, how about uh, one in the afternoon? Does that work for everybody? So uh, that's what they did. All right. Well, so, I, 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 you know, as much as I'm kind of a dork for this kind of stuff, I totally and completely missed uh, the, the debate yesterday. So was there anything notable, interesting, and nobody punched anybody? I think it's a shame because it was a really – it was it was a very different debate, I would say. Almost nothing new from the candidates. Though it was fascinating to watch. I, I think it was a great lesson in – uh, the difference between TV and newspaper in a, in a good way and a bad way. I, I kind of enjoyed it. It was more uh, more of an old school, I'm just going to ask you a question. Please don't talk to anyone else. Please just answer my question. Uh, but on the other hand, the moderator, who is the editor of the Des Moines Register, you could tell that she really wasn't experienced with handling these candidates. Uh, and and uh, Fred Thompson led an all-out revolt at one point when she said, I'd like you to raise your hands and ask you this question. And he said, I'm not raising my hand anymore to any more questions. And then every, and then all the other Republicans, yeah, we're not, no, we're not going to do that anymore. You know, it's hard to believe that great. somebody from the Des Moines Register wouldn't really be like a top-flight debate moderator. <laughs> I, uh, but you know you can't. I know, I know. It's, it's an. I feel like it, it, they're an easy target. So it was the Republicans took it. I think the candidates, all of the candidates, writing in their emails afterwards were blasting her. And you know, I think it could have been a good debate, except she also steered away from the two big topics. They did it on purpose. They did not really talk about Iraq or immigration, because they feel like that's all everyone talks about. But I think there's a reason. And these being the last debates in Iowa before they vote. I don't know. I, I don't think I would have made that same decision. Well, for you know, moderators can't lose control. If a moderator loses no, control, no, then yeah. it's hosed. Again, that is the, the jig is up, as they say. Or or do it when you think it's when it's a good el- you know when you think the, the, something's really getting done when candidates are really you know scrapping each other. But when it's it's really a a mutiny against you as the, as the moderator, that's not as good. Well, and let me just say that. Well, first of all, I, that we I think we can all agree that that's probably part of the GOP united front against what America. Uh, some Americans, anyway, perceive to be the liberalism of all the moderators. That's a, you know, mm-hmm. they, that they're that is undoubtedly trying to curry some favor with the base, who uh, uh, for some reason Probably, always yeah. re- reflexively seem to believe that the moderator is liberal. So, um, you right. know, here's the and just linguistically, I have to make this observation that what kind of in a low grade way sort of irritates me about these debates is that they're not debates. I know, yeah. I mean. Look, I, I know who Lincoln and Douglas are. I know what a debate is. Uh, these are not debates. 
uh, a debate, and I know that I'm complaining about the thing, it's not going to change, but a debate is when you put a couple guys up there, and you toss out a question, and you just let them go at it, and they argue, and maybe they yell, and maybe they cut each other off, but at least you get an actual interplay. These are not, this is not a debate, this is just a series of guys up there reciting a bunch of uh, bullet point crap uh, that you could probably read on their website in less time. This one yesterday was not, I think that, I'm not trying to pat CNN on the back, but I, I think that when Wolf Blitzer moderates in particular, it, it becomes a little bit more of a debate. He gives the candidates the, the space to engage each other and, and, I, and really says, hey, well, you know, even when they're making, you know, a, a sort of a softball uh, attack and won't mention each other by name, Blitzer will be good and saying, well, clearly you're going after this guy. Let me give this guy a chance to respond and talk back with you. But I think Anderson Cooper doesn't have as much experience, and you don't see that when he does the debates. And, and likewise, in, in Des Moines, it, it really is more of a um, – it, it has more of a feel of of uh, something you'd see in, in college almost, that it's you know very very straight. And you can see the moderator saying, I, I've got to stick to time. They told me I've got to stick to time. You know, really just didn't kind of wasn't able to flex with the format at all. I guess uh, if you're on tomorrow, we'll talk about whatever happened with the Democratic debate today. I'll be here, yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, real quickly, just to, to touch on a couple other things. Uh, so I know that there's this, um, you know, I realize now I don't even really care about this. There's this, 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 this debate going on about uh, the Republican leaders in the House want to do this thing where you can. It was a it's a bill that would require English only. Yeah, right. jo- employers to say you must speak English, you know, to work. Is it that you must speak English, or is it that you may only speak English? Right. It's it's based. It's allowing employers to say English only. It's not saying that all employers must, but it's giving them the ability to do that. Because right now, uh, there's a, there's only very specific circumstances, according to the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, uh, under which you can do that. For instance, safety. That kind of thing, but uh, this all stems out of the a case against the Salvation Army in Massachusetts earlier this year. The Salvation Army, uh, it, or actually last year, they instituted a policy saying you must speak English in the Salvation Army. Uh, but if you don't speak English now, this was a year ago, you have a year to learn, and after that year, you have to speak English. So then, two Spanish women were speaking Spanish earlier this year. They were both fired. And the EEOC sued, and that suit is still working its way through the courts. But you know, Republicans got up in arms very quickly, saying the government itself is suing the Salvation Army. You know, we we have a problem with that. Others say no, this is really just a form of discrimination, you know, hiding behind language, and this is ra- raising that whole debate. Isn't it simple enough just to say like you got to be able to communicate with the customers? Right, and that's what you know. The EEOC says that says if it's something that is you know, critical to your business, something that has to do with the functioning of your business, like you have to talk to customers, right. They accept that. But in this case, the two women were sorting clothes and they were just talking with each other. And and so the EEOC says there's no reason that they really have to be speaking English at that point. They're getting the job done. They're not interacting with any customers. We think that that's just discrimination. You know, and I'm all for businesses being able to do what they want, but that's just stupid. That that makes me want to learn Klingon just so I can start <laughs> babbling in Klingon up in the privacy of my office just to see what people have to say about it. Um, all right. Uh, very quickly, uh, just yeah. a, a, a small piece of side business. Um, did you get my email? I did. You did not get my return email. Uh, no, and so let's and we'll keep the actual content of that off the air. I have not checked my that email address in the last I couple see. of hours. Okay. So uh, I will. You che- do have a response from me. Okay, I will go and I will check. I will check my email for your email. Now that we're done okay. uh, speaking. And the answer in is yes. Secret code, really? 
Yes. You've made Absolutely. me the happiest man on earth. Oh. All right. Uh, okay. Excellent. Well, we will talk more, and we will talk to you uh, tomorrow about what happened in the Democratic debate today. Beautiful. Thank you, Lisa. Okay. All right. Bye, bye now. There you go. Lisa Desjardins, ladies and gentlemen. Fantastic. All right. There you go. Back after this with Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth later on. Dr. Elmo, Storm Large, Top 5, uh, Steve Kastam, State of the Rick Emerson Show. Emerson Radio Program. Don't forget Tim Riley's Frank Sinatra Christmas will air on Christmas Eve right here on this very fine radio station. This is one of my favorite Christmas songs of all time, by the way. Just watch those icicles fall. What do I care if icicles fall? I've got my love to keep me warm. Ladies and gentlemen, at the Ministry of Truth, it's Tim Riley. The Rick Emerson Noon News Hour from AM 970 Solid State Radio. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Baseball players take drugs. Well, yes. Children, children, you're role models. I'm not really role models after all. How could this happen? <laughs> So let's name some names. Who's taking drugs? Roger Clemens, Miguel Tejeda, Andy Petit. Named in the long-awaited report. Uh, apparently, uh, let's see, this investigation is uh, run by the government, I guess. Some of the other names here, oh, it's run by uh, George Michael. No, George Mitchell. George He's Michael. The, uh, Senate Majority Leader. This is a 20-month investigation to find out who's taking steroids. Who else is? Eric Gabney, Paul Loduki. Just a few names. So they've been all linked to drug-taking like you should be surprised. Your heroes have feet of clay. Your heroes start this activity in high school where principals turn a blind eye <laughs> and instead go after the known, as they were called back in my day, the heads. <laughs> were they really called yeah, that? They were called the heads. The heads. Fantastic. The, the heads were guilty of everything, but the athletes, no. No, of course. That's who sold the drugs to the heads. I was just going to say, and of course, God forbid we admit that, like, in my high school, one of the quarterbacks was, of course, the biggest cocaine dealer in the school. Mm -hmm. But, of course, no, that's perfectly accepted. It's because he needs to stay sharp for that big game at state. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, whatever. So there you go. The heads at your school, uh, my school, they were simply called stoners. Sarah? Stoners? Stoners. All right. Yeah. Some parts of Washington, they were dirtbags. But in my school, they were stoners. And heads. That is so great. And Tim Riley, of course, you were not a head. I was not. No. I was a bookwormish type. <laughs> Here's Tim Riley, the Ministry of Truth. So anyway, enough of that. I'm sure you're all shocked. Sons of bitches. No more names. Uh, Clackamas High School closed out of the kids sent home and sent into the streets to cause trouble today. After a water line broke their high school, they're all sent home. They should be back tomorrow. 
Oh, more bad news. A bicyclist has been hit and killed by a car on Powell Boulevard in Gresham this morning. It happened at East 182nd Avenue. Oh, officers from several agencies arrested four men convicted of peddling their drugs aboard the Eastside Max trains. Under arrest is 20-year-old Warren Kyle Murphy. He was arrested around Northeast Gleason, charged with distribution of marijuana. Then 22-year-old Russell Damer Willis, arrested in the uh, East Burnside area. He was charged with possession of cocaine with intent to distribute. 22-year-old Leon Hardridge, arrested also in East Burnside with it's more Mary Jane. And 29-year-old Dwayne Jenkins, also on East Burnside, charged with distribution of cocaine. A whole bunch of ne'er-do-wells. Yep. All aboard the East Side Max. <laughs> Meanwhile, on the West Side Max, they're sick and tired of it. They're not going to take it anymore. In an effort to restore public confidence in the wake of recent violent incidents, uh, TriMet is uh, nearing an agreement to have transit police aboard the Max in Washington County, which is good news. So they'll be the first to do that. Then uh, some of these other strategies, which will not work, including limiting the hours in Fairless Square from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. After all, all the crime takes place at night, so that'll do a lot of good. So no criminals will be allowed on the max between 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. All muggings are now to begin after daylight hours have after ended. After 7 p.m. Please, no muggings until 7 p.m. Please. So that It really does, it, it does seem at certain points like we do need a max watch on this show. We do. Yeah. So, uh, let's see here. So, there's no word on whether or not they're going to uh, put them on the east side. Well, so that just means that those the, the idiot gutter punks are just going to hang out by the Starbucks and panhandle with a sharpened screwdriver. Good, as I have to know in my neighborhood. I'm just saying. So, they're just going to menace downtown shoppers until the sun goes down, and then they'll hop aboard the Max and take their crime into the furthest reaches of humanity. Yeah. Jesus. After all, all right. the Max does run until 2 a.m., and it begins at 4 a.m. Just like a crack house on wheels. Basically. All right. Did the city of Portland go too far? Say, remember that uh, big immigration raid at the uh, the Del Monte plant? Do I ever? And they found all those illegal aliens. Yes. Well, now, it turns out, it has been revealed, the city of Portland turned around and offered $20,000 in aid to those illegal aliens. The city says it's a temporary effort aimed mostly at helping them. They did it for the children. So, uh, And who's responsible for handing out the taxpayers' money to these illegal aliens? It's Eric Sten, the guy with the uh, space between his teeth. Is that the uh, is that the Harry Potter guy? Is that the guy He's who ran for mayor as Harry Potter or whatever? Yep. Yeah. I met him once. All right. Well, he's giving away your money to illegal aliens. Well, thanks so much. I'd, yeah. I'd much rather have that than the streets, like, fixed in front of my house or more... I, I know I sound like the man when I say these things, but really, honestly, mm-hmm. I mean, I think if we were to, and you know, that's exactly why they don't put these things to a vote. They don't put it to a vote because I think if we were to say, look, would you rather have the potholes fixed and like more buses and cops, or would you rather we give money to illegal aliens? Tw- how much? 20000 I mean, I don't mean to sound like a dick, but please, I mean, that's come more on. than they could make in 10 years working with Del Monte peeling pineapples. Oh, Jesus. You know what I would rather do? And lest anybody think that I'm simply piggish and want more money for myself and my needs, and just what is that the guy says in The Godfather? And just to show you I'm not a hard-hearted man, that it's not all dollars and cents with me. Let me just tell you this. It, even if you're not giving the money to me and my neighborhood and projects around where I live, how, does it say what the grand total was? In other words, twenty thousand. But I mean, total to each or total? Total, it says here. A twenty thousand dollars. It's still twenty thousand dollars. Okay, so I 20, don't know how they broke it up. Twenty thousand dollars distributed among whatever. You know what I'd rather? So do they bring them into the room and give them a check like they were in the lottery? Well, that, that but that, that makes even less sense. 
I mean, I don't even know which answer I'd be less happy with. If they're giving them twenty grand per family or whatever, that of course is just insane and outrageous. If they're giving them twenty thousand dollars spread among, well, but they're giving away money without anybody voting on it. Well, that's my thing. But if they're giving away twenty thousand dollars spread among one hundred and fifty workers. I don't even know what that is. What's what's twenty grand divided by two hundred? And how do they do that? It's like what's like that's that's what that's like a uh, it's like a hundred bucks or something. Mm-hmm. They, that sounds right. God, we're dumb. He said he only considered it a moral obligation for taxpayers. Said Eric Sten, giving you know, away your money. I was just going to say, and so a you can tell a moral that it's, obligation that we know nothing about, and yeah. and that we were not allowed to vote on, and you so know, he's dictating our obligations. And right. you can tell he knows it's a bad idea because they chose not to ask us about it before they did it. Let me also say this again, rather unless you think that I just want to keep that money for myself in some generalized sense, I think we can all agree that I would much rather take that twenty thousand dollars and put it into some sort of program that punishes companies like Del Monte for hiring illegal aliens. That'd be great. Which in turn, and and I have to say this as well, lest somebody think that I am opposed uh, to people of whatever stripe or the background or heritage having jobs, I'm not. Uh, but what I am opposed to is things like this hiring illegal aliens because it just drives down the wage for American workers of whatever ethnicity. Right. Uh, you know who's opposed to illegal immigrants being hired? Legal immigrants. You know who's opposed to Del Monte hiring illegal, uh, like, let's just say, for example, folks from Mexico here illegally? Everybody. Folks from Mexico here legally are opposed to that. Because that's the reason it's hard to get jobs, and that's the reason why wages hover, you know, you know like seven bucks an hour. Mm-hmm. So No, I couldn't agree more. Jesus. So this guy has been God. around for a long time, well, Eric Sten. Thanks. thanks so much. I didn't need that money. 20000 bucks. Jesus. Idiots. Politicians don't do anybody any good. No, either. they don't. We need good dictatorship. Round them up. All right. <laughs> this conversation took a dark turn all of a sudden. <laughs> and I need a golden statue of myself put in the town square. Well, here's more good news. A man killed a neighbor's pit bull with a machete because well, it got out of hand. Yes. And it should happen a lot more, really. Uh, this happened in Aloha after a man reported this pit bull attacked his dog. Well, he, he, he tried beating the pit bull away with a stick. It didn't work, of course. Pit bull is, is a misunderstood animal. No, it's a killing machine, basically, is what it is. And it must be killed. <laughs> They're not really a dog. They're killing machines. It's a perfect machine. No, so he got a machete and hit the pit bull, and that was the end of it. So there. <laughs> All this machine does is swim and eat and make little sharks. And that's it. All right. So there should be more of it. Of really. course. Well, I mean... I don't want to. I do want to pass judgment. Who am I kidding? Why am I being so tentative today? I'm Probably totally passing judgment. To pit bulls. I, it seems to me like there is a certain I, holiday cheering. I don't want to stereotype, but I think there's probably a certain kind of person who wants a pit bull. You know yeah. what I mean? And I'm not saying. And pit I've bu- seen them on the max before too and, in Fairless Square. And I'm not saying pit bulls are bad animals as such. There are no bad animals. They're simply animals that are not supposed to be around humans or other animals. It's like saying that leopards are somehow bad. Leopards are not bad. You know what? You don't want one in your neighborhood. I'm sure. You know, elephants are fine creatures. I'm not going to keep one in my basement. There's nothing wrong with a pit bull, but you ought not to have it around where it's going to go maiming a whole bunch of other people. So, which I think we can all agree is what happens. So every I time. I don't understand. Like, for example, you know what? Make fun of me all you want. I don't remember the last time a poodle killed somebody. So I don't understand. Poodles can be vicious. They, the full-size they, ones. They can, but, you know. But they're not wussy dogs just because they're French. <laughs> they're not the Vichy French. They're no. the, uh, um, the... I'm just saying, pit bulls do have a certain reputation. 
uh, which is in many ways justified. And what I don't understand is somebody who wakes up and says, you know, I need to get myself a dog. Uh, there are hundreds of breeds of dogs. Yes. Here's the one I've chosen. <laughs> there are, yes, there are limitless varieties that I have from which to choose. Maybe I'll get the one that kills babies. I, I just don't... Yep, that's my top choice. That is like the guy uh, who decides that he'd like to learn about the exciting world of firearms, and you know, and his first stop is at the AK-47 store. It's just there's something sort of odd about that. All right, here's uh, Tim Riley. Uh, bad news for those living in the Coove, the Klein Line Bridge will remain closed until they build a new bridge. It's uh, been closed due to flooding, and they're afraid it's going to fall down. The bridge is on Highway 99, which goes over Salmon Creek. It closed December 2nd due to safety concerns. By the way, somebody is claiming, I don't mean to be sound like I'm picking on the audience, but that money was for the, this is the Del Monte thing, the money was for the workers to pay their rent while they're awaiting deportation to keep them off the streets and out of jails. Well, that's clearly not true, unless unless the number is so low. That's a spin. Yeah, that's totally spin. Yeah. Unless the number of workers is so low that it works out to, like, thousands of dollars. Twenty grand split up among, I mean... I guess we should figure out exactly how many people got busted at the Del Monte plant, but I'm, I can't think it was like five. I mean, that's a big-ass plant. That's a, that's a big company. Yeah. That's so, a I mean, plant hidden out in the middle of nowhere so, that nobody knew about. I mean, it? it had to be, at the very least, it seems to be dozens of workers. Mm. And 20 grand split among dozens of workers isn't going to keep you uh, lodged anywhere. I mean, that's not going to keep especially if you've got a family. So it seems like you ought to pick one or the other. Uh, yeah, that, I mean, I'm not trying to impugn the, the whatever of the email. No, I'm sure the that's far, something the far she's heard. is just running this city. It really is true. Lest anybody, because I know we get hit as being the liberal mouthpiece, but, you know. <laughs> Who said? Yeah, conservatives have no monopoly on stupidity. Liberals are just as dumb as anybody. They're just dumb in different ways. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, what's up, Rick? This is Brian. Hello, sir. Hey, I used to work at Del Monte here back in, I think it was night. I worked there when it was changed from the previous company to Del Monte Fresh when they bought it. Uh-huh. Uh, and without going into too much detail here, because I don't know the entire detail, but this is the second raid that Del Monte has experienced, or at least this particular facility has. Is that true? When was the, when was the other one? Probably in about 90, 98 or 99. Nice. If I remember right, I was hired there in 99, and that is a year after its first initial raid. Now, it was not under the name of Del Monte at the time. It was a local owner who owned it. Uh, and so when I came in, they had they were just about fully restocked with uh, new employees. Uh, <laughs> restocked. And just, the bus had just come in. Exactly. So yeah. needless to say, they had, uh, you know, I mean, obviously there are hundreds and hundreds of fruit cutters and peelers and whatever else they have there, uh, the processors. And uh, of course, they had many a white guys and salesmen out there doing their jobs just to try and keep the company alive. Uh, and you know, you know, and you know what would really cut down on this? And, and and I don't mean to pick on that particular company. I mean everybody knows you drive through certain areas of town, and there's the guys on the corner waiting for the truck to come by, and you know, whatever. And it should go without saying, I don't begrudge people uh, trying to get a better life and you know trying to make more money for their family, and that's part of the human imperative and whatever. Uh, it's it's just there there is no reasonable argument that can be made that says illegal immigration is good for a country. There's just no argument for that. Exactly. Uh, I, and I, all I, it does is it drives down the wages for people who are already here, uh, you know, exactly. of, of whatever, uh, you know, whatever their, the field of, the, of, of industry they're in. So, exactly. Just, yeah, this doesn't make any sense at all. Well, all we right. have our own tired and poor living here already. That's it. What's that? We have our own tired and poor already well, that's, living Well, that's, that's the thing. And again, of, we again, have stupid people who need jobs who were born here. You know, and I'll tell you this right now. If you really want to crack down on the, on the illegal immigration, all you have to do is just when you start taking people back across into whatever country they came from, you just send the Del Monte guys with them. 
Yeah, you, middle manager. You that turned a blind eye. You're going to Tijuana. You're going to Mexico City and you're staying there. Uh, I mean, that's. I mean, nothing is going to happen. I mean, I, and I really do feel bad for the people who come here because they want, you know, because, you know, whatever, the country they're coming from sucks or, you know, or they just they want to get out of there, make more money for their family. They come here, they get arrested, they go back. And meanwhile, some fat bastard banker is just sitting there. Uh, you know, just handling the finances of a company who is knowingly hiring illegal immigrants, which most companies certainly do. So I, you know, who was also opposed to illegal immigration, folks like Cesar Chavez, because he was trying to get more money for, in his case, Latin workers who were here legally. And his whole thing was, look, I got all kinds of Latin workers here who are citizens, and they're getting shafted by illegal immigrants. So, you know, it's just there's just no logical argument to be made. Uh, for continuing to turn, it's just it's just a, a big disaster. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello, Rick. I think the Max Watch is genius. I don't even know what it would be. My first thought was Night Train by Guns N' Roses, but I, I don't uh, know. I was thinking about one of the clips from the movie The Warriors, when the the, the born of the bad uh, gang members clinking the bottle together with his. Hand. Um, see, I have to go back and watch The Warriors. I haven't seen The Warriors. I saw it at the Clinton Street Theater about eight years ago. Yeah. I haven't seen it since then. Same here, because I know there's some good music in there. Maybe some just some some dialogue would be. Something like that. Excellent. Okay. I'll, no, I'll, I'll look into it. There's something. Yeah, there is something there. I like your style. There is. All right. Thank you. Peace. All right. By the way, according to the Oregonian, there were 167 people uh, arrested. So let me just find the. Uh, where is so 167 people were mistakenly hired. <laughs> yes, I'm sure it was a mistake. That there is were ridiculous. Little, there were little really? glitches. Sure, it was an oversight. Yeah, I'm sure it was. Um, How many employees overall did uh, Del Monte have? I I don't know the answer to that, and I can't. Oh, there's my calculator. Hold on. So, so that works out to one hundred and nineteen dollars per person. Yeah, so, that'll cover the rent. Yeah, that'll cover rent for for Not you and your loved ones. No. So they so the person who emailed. That's a lie, then. Yes, believing that this is covering their rent until we deport them. That is not true. So there you go. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hi, I like to be the wires today. <laughs> Sounds just like him, dude. This is cool. Yes, you know, you. that's what people think. <laughs> you know, it's good stuff. Keep it going. I'm, I'm, my sarcasm meter is broken today. Are you? Well, being... I know. I'm sorry, but uh, yeah, you know, uh, uh, a lot of us, like you said, the Caesar, Caesar Chavez man, he didn't want the illegals here either. Well, I mean, none of them do. Drives no, the wages down for everybody. It's just economically unfeasible, and all it does is result in the screwing of people who are already here legally, making far less than they ought to. Yeah, well, the other thing is, although you did miss one point, $119 times eight people living in an apartment, they got it covered for two months. It happens. Seen it. Been there. Well, all right. Thank you. All right, there you go. I I didn't know where we were going with that. It's just a whole lot of I was in the fog with that call. It's getting very serious. Uh, Hi, uh, let's see. It's about time for some penis news. Hi, Ethan. You're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. (laughs) Fred, I don't have any penis news for you there. Well, that's okay. All right. Hey, uh, maybe you could just, during the call... If maybe you could just run into the sharp edge of a kitchen counter groin first. Uh, as pleasant as that, as that sounds, uh, no thanks. Well, I'm just trying to help out. What's, what's okay. up, sir? Hey, for the, uh, for the Max Watch, you really have to go to the Simpsons and get the, the train song. What is the train they song? The, I, I am not really as well-versed like in the Simpsons as I ought to be. Train. They have the elevated train that runs through town, uh, the tram or monorail. Right. Uh, what is That's it? What yeah. It was. Right. Oh. 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 It's the. Uh, uh, God. What is it called? It's um. Springfield Monorail or some. Kind yeah, of but thing. the episode is called like a. Tr- uh, 
Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about because it was it's considered um, by many people one of the greatest Simpsons episodes ever. Uh, is so it like, Marge versus the train or Marge versus the Marge versus the monorail? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. So there's a Simpsons train song. Exactly, uh, done by Phil Hartman. By ah, uh, see <laughs> that you had me at Phil Hartman. All right, I'm going to look right. it up and we'll play it on the air. Thank you, sir. Thanks. All right, um, and let me just this will be the final word in this. The final word, and then we're going to move on to things that are less serious. Uh, and this is from um, uh, this is from Aaron. Uh, Aaron says, Rick, while I make all kinds of Mexican immigrant jokes because I can, ha ha. Uh, he says, you will never find more anti-illegal immigration workers than legal immigrants. Aaron says, my family legally came to America from Mexico. They busted their ass to make their lives better, and nothing infuriates my family more than companies that support illegal immigration. It drives down all wages, and it transforms an entire ethnic group into a societal scapegoat. Uh, signed, Aaron, uh, geek in the city. So uh, there you go. It's true. He has a boring white man's job. <laughs> Aaron worked, Aaron's family worked hard to put him in a terrible white-collar, soul-deadening job. <laughs> it's true. I, God bless us, everyone. I dream that someday my child will grow up and labor in an Orwellian office building at a tedious, soul-deadening profession. Where a he... swing-line stapler is only a distant dream. <laughs> Uh, it's funny because it's true. Here's Tim Riley. Oh, if only I could have a paper jam. Well, let's talk about, uh, I'm sure there are many people uh, knocking on your door trying to come over for that holiday party. Uh, the best thing to do before the guests get there is to simply Leave. clean up your house. Leave yeah, and lock the door. Basket, or if you're really festive, a decorative container. Just do the big strong arm across the countertop, scoop it all into the container, take a bunch of Christmas balls, dump them out on top, and you now have a centerpiece. Really? Is that actual advice? Did someone, was someone Remember paid? Remember, we want these jobs. I suppose. Yeah. yeah. All right. I can't find there the any Simpsons train about? song. No, I'm busy looking for the Simpsons train song. Oh, I, can't, there. I can't find it. I don't think it was a train. I think it was a tram. Um, so that was her whole notion. If you have trash, you sweep it into like a big Tupperware tub. Yes. And you put like a green... Uh, that's actually not a bad idea. I was making fun of it. That's actually... I, I might actually do that. If only I ever had people at my home. So you sweep it into a Tupperware tub. You put one of those green... Because uh, we're doing decorating it tonight. Tonight we will be decorating our home, Christmas style. Uh, kind of late on the ball with it, but we're going to Some advice be... for you. There you go. Fantastic. So there you go. Here's uh, Tim Riley. Meanwhile, uh, Mayor Daly says he is... Mayor uh, Daly? Mayor Daly of Chicago. Really? Th this isn't the old Mayor Daly. This is the new one. I was, okay, I was wondering. Was not, Spiro no, Agnew no, no, was going to weigh in as well. This isn't the skull-crushing Mayor Daly. This is his son. <laughs> his uh, his uh, big uh, thing that stuck in his cry is that people are keeping chickens in Chicago, and he wants to put an end to it. Well, if they ban far cry, pretty soon will be... <laughs> what? <laughs> Hold on, can you... What is he saying? Asked whether or not he wants a ban, the mayor replied, I don't have any opinion one way or the other. He noted, there are a lot of ethnic people who keep chickens. Opponents say that birds make great pets, uh, cover very little backyard space, and provide fresh eggs. But uh, a lot of people uh, want to ban the chickens, and that's what this is what the mayor has to say about it. Well, if they ban far cry, pretty soon they'll be... <laughs> what is what? the mayor saying? <laughs> I thought he said punk rock at first. That's Don Geronimo. Uh, uh. 
punk rock? Uh, when I think of Black Flag, I think of punk rock. <laughs> it's punk rock. I, I do love that promo, but it was like it was cut together to use the phrase punk rock like as many times as possible just to irritate you. I don't understand. He says foie gras, I think, foie in gras? there. But, but that doesn't even come from chickens. Foie gras is from Mayor Daly. <laughs> we're fattening up Mayor Daly, and then we're going to carve his liver into tiny succulent pieces and spread it on a savory cracker. I don't even know where to start with this. First of all, the notion that you're referring to Mayor Daly is fantastic. Mm -hmm. Wonder if Sam G and Connor will be in one of the uh, upcoming oh. soundbites. Um, turn out the living and raise the dead like it's an Irish funeral. Uh, so it must be weird to be uh, to be uh, Mayor Daly's son. That's like being yeah, Jimmy Hoffa's kid. I'm Mayor Daly, but not that one. I'm not going to be beating Abby Hoffman with a stick. Uh, so, all right, why is he talking about foie gras when that d uh, comes from a different animal altogether? Foie gras is duck. Mm -hmm. That comes from ducks. Well, maybe he doesn't know that. Which is cre and it's creepy also, and it comes from ducks. Um, I've never, it, foie gras is one of those things that I have no desire to eat, mm -hmm. uh, it, even though I, I know it's a, apparently a very sought-after and succulent dish. It just seems so unbelievably unappealing, and it just seems like the manufacturing of foie gras is just so off-the-chart hideous that I just, I don't want to have any part in that. So maybe that makes me a big pussy, but what are you going to do? So, and it just, and plus, you know, I'm just kind of opposed to liver in general. I, I don't really find liver to be all that tasty. So let's play that one more time. All right. Well, if they ban foie gras, pretty soon will be. <laughs> I want him to clear his throat. Okay, but he sounds like an old Adam Sandler. <laughs> what a What, I. Can you play it again? What is he saying after foie gras? Which is Get a, a laundry order. basket, or if you're really festive, a decorative container. Just uh, do the big, uh, strong arm Daly. across. That's uh, Marge Daly. <laughs> Marge Daly. You want to hear it one more time? Yes, because oh. I want to know what he says after foie gras. Well, if they ban foie gras, pretty soon will be. <laughs> He's not saying anything. He's just... Just kind of trails off. Wavering off into nowhere there. That's what they sent? Thanks, Metro News Source. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, the Simpsons thing you're looking for is the, uh, they're talking about the three, I think it's the three car monorail. That's the search you're going to be looking for. Streetcar monorail, monorail Simpsons. Let me look here, let's see. Oh, wait, here we go. Everyone sings the monorail song. That's the one you're looking for. All right, excellent. But I have, didn't they already do a Max song? Didn't you play that like a few months ago? Ch some horrible Ch Max song? Chillaxin on the Max. Yes. Yeah, there you go. That's another thought. Yes, they did. Oh, we should, we should try that again later on. Yeah, okay. Excellent. Thank you, sir. Thank you. All right, let's do this. This is uh, The Simpsons. This is everybody singing. Let's see if there's a buffer here. Uh, everybody uh, singing the monorail uh, song. Let's give it uh, just, a, uh, just a second. Anyway, so I don't know. So... So Mayor Daly was talking about that because of why they're banning what? Chickens. Okay. How can you ban it? Well, whatever. Yeah. They'll have law enforcement officials going around arresting people for keeping chickens. Is it a big problem in Chicago? Apparently so. It says uh, mice feed off chicken waste. Others are concerned about parasites the birds could carry and their potential to transmit bird flu. Like, that would be a big problem living in Chicago. Like, we're all dying of bird flu. Like, you're going to live <laughs> long enough in Chicago to die of bird flu anyway. All right. And well, chickens sir, are cooked. There's nothing on earth like a genuine, bona fide, electrified six-car monorail. This is so great. I have never seen this episode of The Simpsons. I think um, I haven't watched it in like ten years. Oh, this isn't even The Simpsons. This is from this is from Tiny Toons. I think this is a monorail. Okay, this is a monorail song, but it's from a different uh, thing altogether. This looks like it's from this looks like it's from the old Tiny Toon Adventures. 
And this is clearly a takeoff of the Music Man. Monorail! What's it called? Monorail. That's right, monorail! Monorail. 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 I hear those things are awfully loud. It flies as softly as a cloud. Is there a chance the trap could bend? Not on your life, my Hindu friend. What about us, Brendan Slobs? You... No, I'm already voting no on that. Yeah. I don't know what... The... Okay. I have to, like, look for it again later. All right, let's do one more and then we'll take a break. Okay, just one more then. Well, uh, Al Sharpton apparently is in trouble. He is responding this morning to a federal probe of his finances. He says what is happening to him is also happening to other African-Americans. The investigation that is going on now, others that have gone on, is merely symbolic of what it is for many people in this country. No, it isn't. It's no. just you. No. Every major civil rights leader I could think of, from Martin Luther King Jr. to Marcus Garvey to Adam Clayton Powell, has had to face this kind of harassment. How long can civil rights leaders stay in office? I was about Is to it say, like an open term? I was going to say, please tell me he did not just compare himself to Martin Luther King Jr. Mm -hmm. yeah. Because he's being investigated. No, because he has the title reverend in front of his name, which gives him instant respect are, in America. Forbidden to make fun of him. You know what that is. You totally know what that's about. You know there's some Imus fan mm -hmm. at the IRS. Mm -hmm. That's what that's about. Yep. Let's just call it what it is. Every... I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm saying that's what's happening. There is a Don Imus fan of the IRS who has decided to make his own Christmas season just a little brighter. Um, all right, I've got the uh, Simpsons monorail thing here, but I don't think it's the actual song. Yeah. No. I'll have to look for it during the break. It's just like a nine-minute clip. All right. All right. We can't take a break here? Oh, God. And how offensive is that, that the DOA has to happen on MLK Street? Thanks, Dr. Elmo. Got run oh, over God. By a Yo, Grand Missile, duck the ring missile. Walking home from our house Christmas Eve. Swinging on the side, she should have pimped a ride. You can say there's Aren't you uh, sad you, this wasn't out when he interviewed him, Tim? <laughs> I am. But as for me and Grandpa, we believe... She went back to Cockaboo, which I told her not to do. She forgot to pop her meds. Now we got the phone to fail. Wow. Hold on, pumpkin. Go back to your pumpkin. Hold on, pumpkin. Go back to your pumpkin. Boy, she was the beauty. Footprints on her hooters and bruises on her booty. <laughs> we'll be. This is the new girlfriend. Get on up. Jesus, God. Love of God. So you old geezer, now grandma eulogize. You don't got to please her. It's time to organize. Boop job. Okay, we'll be back after this. Without grandma, everybody wearing black. And we're asking, should we open up our gifts or send them back? Sell them on eBay. Now the goose is on the table. You know what I'm saying? And the eggnog really slow. You know what I'm saying? And the middle dude's just had matched the hair in Grandma's Grandma nose. turned him blue and we're eating barbecue. Grandma was no fool. She was getting all her wishes. She got to lie around while we all did the dishes. Yo, fry me up some fruitcake. fruitcake. Now I warned all my homies better watch out for yourself. They should never give a license to a dude who plays with L. I wish I was dead. So bad. Don't forget, we're just an hour and 20 minutes away from... 
Dr. Elmo interview. Back after this. Blowing it. It's not my fault. Well, it's kind of my fault. This is almost entirely my fault. There we go. Atlanta was not ready for Christmas. Do you have something, Sarah? Or are we just going to... Um, I almost oh, My, my internet's being really... Yeah, mine's Mine too, is too. Something has to be done. Get ready for Bell's lowest bell ringer prices of the season. <laughs> Who's that? Well, I, I thought that was... Like, what I, have to, I thought we were going into a spot break. I had Striper playing Winter Wonderland. <laughs> See, it's Striper. Oh, it's Striper. Oh, are they? Here's Tim Riley. And it's done. <laughs> Jesus, that's the worst idea ever. Remind me never to try that again. Tim and I picked a song we're going to play into the next break. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, I'm trying. Somebody pointed out that we haven't been doing a lot of holiday music. So really it was great. trying to bust out my, uh, my, uh, my, I have a monster ballads Christmas. Uh, but Ooh. my computer is, is kind of freaking out of me. All right, here's Tim Riley. So the media is calling Katie Holmes' new hairdo Scientology chic. Really? Yes. Now, let me ask you this. Is the media really calling it that, or is that one one person person from AP has determined what America is going to call it? Somebody is trying to inject a phrase into the popular culture. Mm -hmm. This is like that vlog. Do you remember when they were trying to make vlog a word? Mm -hmm. A vlog is a video blog. And so Lazarus is a guy like, and vloggers, as they're called, they're not called that by anybody. They're called that by some jackhole who decides that I'm going to coin a word. It, It didn't work. So, all right, here's uh, Tim Riley uh, talking about Katie's uh, hairstyle. Well, a certain blogger from Elle magazine says Katie's gotten 17 times hotter. Don't ask me how she reached that number. 17 times hotter? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, Tom has gotten extremely worse looking. <laughs> okay. While long hair remains the norm in Hollywood, a handful of crop cuts, versatile variations of the bob, are, well, they're making a comeback. Apparently, uh, Victoria Posh Spice has uh, something like that. Yes, the Bob really comes back every couple of years, and it's really like kind of saying, it's time to clean house. It is a great feminine haircut. So the hairstylist named Ken. Well, whatever. Uh, have you noticed how much Tom Cruise kind of looks like uh, Jason Schwartzman, or vice versa? You know who Jason Schwartzman is? No. He was in the I Heart Huckabees, and he was in he was Rushmore, Rushmore. Uh, something else, some other thing that came out last year. And he looks a lot like Tom Cruise, in my opinion. Sort of he's, a, he's become very good looking. Yeah, he's been turned into a handsome man. Here's Tim Riley. Well, you see the look on high school students everywhere. Those baggy britches pulled down and some that dropped to the ankles. But Florida's looking to change that with a proposed law that would suspend students for doing it more than once. The bill sponsor is State Senator. Yes, it's always a politician getting involved. State Senator Gary Siplin believes if more kids knew the origin of wearing their pants down low, they'd keep them pulled up. Oops, is my Because that's always the way that works. There it is. 
But that's the real explanation behind the uh, the saggy pants. Don't. In prison, yeah. when a person is available for that night, he wears his pants saggy. Oh, please. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh, for the love of God, really? That's Honestly? Yes. Should is I play really, that again? Is he honestly trying to peddle that? Mm-hmm. That's the guy from prison. But that's the real explanation behind the uh, the saggy pants. In prison, when a person is available for that night, he wears his pants saggy. We, I wonder if he's going to warn about the warn us about the evils of Jenkum after this. Mm-hmm. Jesus. Yes, Nicholas Carr. That's just stupid. Is this and wrong? <laughs> he said. Some people say this goes too far. We just like, do I work in a classroom? We don't worry about having our pants down. Teachers don't say nothing, <laughs> nothing like that. Excellent. Well done. Uh, so there you go. It's, I'm not. You know what? I'm not even going to bother to correct him. I'm not even going to bother to give him to give the real explanation. Who cares? Uh, the, although, speaking of that, the, uh, well, in prison, you wear your pants down to show that you are available for that evening, which is fantastic. Um, so we're talking about that, uh, the martini glass made out of lights that's up in that house in the West Hills. And I was noting that I can already sense another kind of absinthe argument happening here. Because I was talking about that martini glass that's up in the West Hills, and I was saying, well, I drove by it the other day, and there was like a circle and a red slash through it. And I said, well, what, like the Ghostbusters thing, but with a martini glass. And I said, what, what is that about? And, of course, immediately I got like five different emails with, yes, five different explanations. So, so it's another thing we're going to have to find the people who own the house and ask them. Somebody was saying that it's because the joyless prigs over at MAD, well, you're encouraging drunk driving. We demand that you, and, you know, a bunch of their shrieking whatever. And so the, the guy, whoever owns the house, put up the red slash through the martini glass like to placate the uh, you know the mad uh, people and uh, so we heard that and then somebody else sent me another explanation which is more plausible or at least more interesting because the because the thing is the, the martini glass doesn't always have the slash through it sometimes it's just regular and so apparently this, this as the theory goes it is a party on tonight or no party on tonight oh. sign which I like. Now, see, I don't know if that's true. How come we don't get invited to these parties? But I will see, and I don't even know if that's the actual explanation, but I'm going to choose to believe that because it's pretty great. I love the idea because it's like a bat sign. I love the idea that you indicate whether or not there is a shindig at that particular locale by whether or not the martini glass has a little red slash through it. I think it's a pretty fantastic explanation. So now we demand to be invited to one of them. Here's Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. I won't go, but I want to be invited. I'll go. Okay. Time for Britney Watch. Fantastic! Yay. Here's your Britney Watch. God bless us, everyone. So the headline is, Lonely Holidays for Britney Spears. Yeah. It may be a blue, blue Christmas for Britney. The singer has been looking forward to spending Christmas morning with her sons. But those few hours of toddler time could be in jeopardy, and it has nothing to do with Alex Trebek. Now that her ex-husband, Kevin Federline's lawyer, is threatening to ask a judge to take away those visiting privileges. Did you see the front cover of, um, Jesus, I think it's Esquire. Do they still publish Esquire? Yes. He is one of the so-called most influential Americans in America under the age of 45. Oh, no, that's details. I got that. Is it details? Yeah. yeah. Kevin Federline, one of the most influential men in America under the age of 45. 
So I don't really know. I'll bring it in tomorrow. Okay. I don't know how that really works, seeing as how he himself has no influence except over a person who is both irrelevant and now broke. Mm -hmm. So it seems like he actually is sort of uninfluential in like four different ways. But go ahead. All right. So, so on Wednesday, which was yesterday, Brittany blew off a grilling that KFED's attorney Mark Vincent Kaplan was due to give her in the uh, child custody battle. Uh, sure, she's done that before, but this was her first court-ordered deposition. A gaggle of reporters and paparazzi gathered Wednesday at 10 outside the building where Kaplan and his firm, uh, Spears' high-priced attorney, Cyril Trope, uh, did roll up in a Bentley, but without his client. Yeah, she missed the scheduled deposition in her ongoing custody battle. TMZ's Harvey Levin says Spears could not handle the pressure. She had been basically uh, thinking about having to sit down and talk about her parenting skills, looking at our streaming video at the site where the depot was to be taken and saw all the cameras, and she just couldn't take it. She couldn't take TMZ. The deposition was too much. She suffered from a severe case of what uh, people in her world called anxiety. That's right. Harvey Levin says Spears called in sick. She just didn't make it. That's Spears. Okay, fantastic. There you go. That, uh, is that our Britney watch for today? Apparently she was seen clubbing and getting gas last night. Really? Mm -hmm. I'm sure in a car that had proper plates and with proper identification on her, not at all showing her vagina to everybody. Thank you. among the acts who are going to be in the studio next Friday uh, to provide live holiday cheer and festivities uh, for all those who are listening. Uh, let's see. What do we have here? This is um, Rick. You should totally use that 20th Century Fox theme for Rachel McGrath. It screams excitement in Hollywood at once, which is what she asked for. That is true. I hadn't thought about that. That da 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 and it is, you know, and it is sort of quintessentially American, but I mean, she does, I don't know if she's, you know, if, she, if she's a citizen or if she, whatever, but I mean, it does, you know, but it's sort of great and, you know, wonderful all at once. It is both American and yet world famous at the same time. So that might actually work. Good suggestion, sir. Uh, I don't know what these people are calling about. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, that is actually a really good suggestion because it has that flavor of uh, hatred to it from all the shows that they've canceled. Yes, it does. Yeah, see, and it also simultaneously conjures up images of canceled Futurama. Exactly. Yes. So, What's up? I, can't, I can't believe you haven't seen that Simpsons episode, the Monorail episode. I kind of here's the thing about the Simpsons. I, I watched the Simpsons. There was a couple years where I watched it religiously, and then there were a couple years where I was just either moving or I didn't. I didn't have uh, you know. I think at one point I didn't have a TV. I think I'd I didn't have it. a TV for like six years in a row. Yeah, I think I'd hawked my television at one point, uh, and I didn't have a TV. And then I reached the point where I was sort of taking it for granted, uh, and I still. Th I think I'm still at that point. I think a lot of people are. Where I kind of take The Simpsons for granted, and if it's on, I'll watch it, but it's not appointment television, just like uh, King of the Hill is an appointment television, because I just sort of always assume it'll be around. I, it's my own fault. I know it makes me a bad American. 
Well, you need to go out to see these game exchange and pick up that season. Figure out which one it is on, like, Wikipedia or something, because that is one of the best episodes of The Simpsons. I do believe it has, in several polls, I was looking at this during the break, been voted the best Simpsons episode ever uh, by go. many, many folks. So I do. It, again, I don't have anything against The Simpsons. I just don't watch it nearly as often as I should. There's only so many hours in the day. It'll always be there. It's true. And that's the thing. Is that, But see, in a weird way, you know what else I've become that way about is South Park. South Park, and you know what? Every time I, I sit down and watch a new episode of South Park, like the Guitar Hero one from a few weeks ago, it's genius. I know they did this Imagination Land, whatever. There's like three part. That one was really good. Too. Yeah, yeah, I know that it's. And it, it, again, it's just that uh, I, I blame. You know who I blame for this? I blame TiVo. And again, I love my TiVo, but I blame TiVo and the fact that cable networks now rerun everything constantly, like a thousand times. I just have become lazy. I no longer have to be home at a certain time and place or whatever to watch an episode of, of a show. And so I just sort of tell myself, well, you know, you know, I'll catch that one later. I'll miss it tonight, but I'll, I'll catch it next week sometime. And yeah. then I just forget about it, and I don't ever get it watched. It's uh, We are slowly drifting apart from each other as a society in terms of things that we all watch together because no one ever has to be home to watch anything at a specific time anymore. So. Well, and especially with the writer's strike, yeah, which reminds me. It seems to me like there's probably a lot of people who would like to talk about the writer's strike who aren't otherwise employed right now. You guys might be able to get somebody on the air. That's a good idea. That's a that's a good point. Look at Maybe you. You like one of the uh, lost writers? Look at the big brain on you. Those bastards. I still don't like them. Uh, Maybe not. That's actually not a bad idea. We probably that could get. That is a get. great idea. That is a really good idea. Uh, we could probably look, look at you with a with a good suggestion. Um, so uh, well, I don't even know how we would do that. I, mean, I guess we I was, could contact the Writers Guild. I am, I am a member. <laughs> I think. I think. I, does that lapse, Tim? Do you know? Did you, did you to, pay your dues? I don't know. Then it's probably. Then I. Then probably, probably lapsed. Well, well once, I'm you, a, once you pay up, you'll be friends. I'm again. a writer inside. Uh, it doesn't count. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, sir. All right. Thank you. Bye now. Your creative brothers need your dues paid on time. All right. I'm sorry. I'll pay. Even those belong to sister unions. Sound like I'm being shaken down by the mob. I'll pay. I'll pay. I, <laughs> just make it stop. Uh, okay. Yeah. I don't. I don't think I. I don't think they asked me to pay again. No, they probably did, and I ignored it. You probably changed your address in the union. Oh. No, that's probably true as well. All right. Well, I'm sorry. So I at one point was a dues-paying member of the Writers Guild. I'll get back on that so I can. You know, the great thing about being, uh, I will, I will re-up my dues with the Writers Guild. And the great thing about it is, then it'll give me like moral high ground to complain about things, mm -hmm. like even more than I have now. Yeah. I'll go like, look, as a dues-paying member, let me tell you why your opinion is stupid, uh, which is great. That's, uh, you know, that's what's great about doing stuff like that. Is then, you know, it's like if you and it's like if you've ever made, ever, ever filmed a TV show, ever made a movie of any kind, recorded, you know, you can just go look. Look, as a filmmaker, let me just tell you, you are retarded. You know, you could just and just totally you can get that smug as tone a in your voice. paying card carrying member and whip out your card. Exactly. Well, it's like I you know, the card carrying member of the ACLU. Mm -hmm. You go, look, I am a card carrying member of the ACLU, and let me tell you a few things about a few things, my chum. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show on hey, KCMD hey. Portland. Yes. Hey, uh, for your Max Watch, why don't why don't you use Ozzy Osbourne's Crazy Train? Because I think we actually use that for our Aussie watch, which we don't do much anymore. But I do think, do we still have the Aussie watch theme in there? Let's try it. I think we have the Aussie watch theme. Is is it because he, when the Osbournes was on TV, it was like he was in the news all the time. Right. Uh, it, I think it's a. It's either a Aussie or a Aussie open. You know, the, the beginning, the opening line where he where he yells out, "All, all aboard!" Yeah. That'd be perfect. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, we were Good. using this. Yeah, yeah, we have this Ozzy Watch theme. We need shots fired though. Yeah, well, well, and he might die at some point, so we might need that around. We we might have to find something else. Good suggestion though. All right. <laughs> She's all defeated. Thank you. I'm sorry I didn't mean to crush you. Somebody sent us something from Sesame Street that might work. We'll get to that. Here's Tim Riley. Well, speaking of money, there's a battle going on in Cleveland. After a contractor found $182,000 hidden in the walls of a home he was remodeling. Now, this contractor named Bob pulled a giant stash of Depression-era cash out of the walls of an 83-year-old home. Very cool. So the woman who owns the home was willing to give Bob 10% of the money, but Bob says he deserves it all. The homeowner, John Chambers, says, well, Bob is being very unreasonable. The treasure trove law applies to, you know, hidden treasure, pirate treasure, uh, things that are arcane and inapplicable in, in today's world. Is there really a law for pirate treasure? It says here, it cites a century-old Finder's Keeper's legal document called <laughs> Treasure Trove. The Finder's Keeper's Law. Was which, that passed after him, the taft It gives act? him the legal right to keep the wealth. That's wonderful. Uh, hold on a second. I'm sorry. I, was, I thought you were talking for a longer period of time. No, I was all done. I'm getting some coffee. Hold on. Well, let me talk about Al Gore because well, I know he's one of your favorite well, people. Well, before we do that, though, yes. and, we, and will that be a Gore watch? No, it's not long enough to be one. All right. Well, let me just ask this. So, wait. So, the law, this guy claims the law allows him to keep the money he found in the wall of the home, even right. though he doesn't own Where the home? Say lie no, it is his home. It is his home. Oh, wait. So, All right. So, the guy who owns the house is saying... He should be allowed to keep the money under this finder's keepers law. Correct. But he didn't find the money. Right. How do you, as a ho as a landowner, feel about this, Tim? Where do you believe it? Uh, I feel the homeowner was being more than generous by offering Bob ten percent. Now he didn't have to offer anything. So you believe that whoever owns the property, yes, owns everything in the property, even if they are not, uh, even if they were not previously aware of its existence. That's correct. That and does seem reasonable. No, they I'm pay with the that. taxes. No, no, no. I'm, I'm with you. See, I see. It's not community property. It is private property in the capitalist society. <laughs> this is not Karl Marxism. <laughs> I was just going to say, comrade it's builder. Not, it's not for the good of the people. <laughs> but they're going to be me, Tim Riley. Uh, no, no, his home is their castle. No, see, we, you know what? Communal housing. You know what, you, Tim Riley? We are not so different, you and I. I'm a, I, I, I agree with you on that. I think if you own the house, you own everything in it. Now, let me ask you this, because I don't actually own any property. Uh, do you own, this sounds like a dumb question, but mm -hmm. do you own the air above and ground below yes. your property? Yes. So if they discover oil on your property, is it yours? Yes. That's interesting. I thought, I thought the government would sort of like come in and just like, take that. No, they can't. Interesting. You so, can sell it. You can sell the air rights to, to your property. So the space, there's probably Separate. a limit, though. Like it's probably uh, 100 sure feet above your house or something. Yeah, there's, there's some sort of limit. So if they find minerals or gems or something underneath your home, there those you belong go. to you. That's correct. That is fantastic. God bless America. And I mean that sincerely. Well, you remember Jed Clappett. I do. Up through the ground came bubble and crude. Black mm -hmm. gold, that is. Oil, Texas tea. Mm -hmm. uh, that, okay, that's wonderful. Excellent. Um, so it, start, oh, well. If there's oil on your property, you can't keep it. You don't own it. Your your current property. No, 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 but I mean not mine, but if I were to own the home. Right. So if someone out there owns a house and then they find something valuable in the ground under your house, yes. it's yours. Yes. Excellent. Yeah, that's what sets us apart from the Reds, Tim. That's correct. Um, that's why it's worth fighting for. And let me just say, let me just, as Lee Greenwood once said. No, and also let me note this about finding stuff in the walls of a house. I got two brief stories about that. Um, one, A, 
either one or a, uh, when this is so great and creepy, I wish somebody would sort of do a photo essay about something. And it probably is on the web, actually. There's probably a photo blog or plog uh, about this. Plog. That, somebody start a plog about this right now. Uh, my dad grew up in a one of those GI dreams. Have you seen that museum exhibit yet? No, darling. Oh, you got to go. Oh, it's badass. Now, some one of the guys from the museum emailed me today. I heard you speaking about our exhibit. Thank you. Uh, the thanks is all my. The thanks is all on this side of the table. The, uh, the, the GI Dream exhibit. This is not a paid endorsement. I'm simply saying it's cool. Uh, at the Oregon History Museum, it is a whole exhibit of life during and after uh, World War II, consumer American consumer life. Uh, and so they talk about like war rationing, and they show ration books, and mm -hmm. you know the freedom pantyhose or whatever it was they sold. Uh, and then afterward, they show like the the post, you know, the post-war industrialist boom. And they show like a, there's a scale '50s kitchen, which is just great. Oh, and neat. there's like all of this cool '50s clothing, and like look at these '50s appliances. And then there's a there's a scale. I didn't even say a model. It's like a recreation of a 50s living room oh. with, like, the hideous, pale, like, the mint green vinyl couch mm -hmm. uh, and, like, the terrible tacky TV tray with the boomerang pattern in it and everything. It's wonderful. So go see this exhibit. It costs a few bucks to get in, but it's great. It's called the G.I. Dream at the Oregon History Museum. Uh, if you're a fan of sort of 50s, like, atomic age architecture and design, even kitschy kind of, you know, it's fantastic. Um but, uh, what was my point? Oh, so my dad grew up in one of those houses, one of those ranch houses, uh, in, you know, the Tri-Cities, which, of course, you know, they were all, it's a government town, all built by the government. And those houses are still largely unchanged. So I don't know if your home in New England had this. Probably not, because I think it probably was a thing that came with government standardized housing. If you, uh, my grandmother, the house my dad grew up in, my grandmother's house. If you went into the bathroom there, there was, you know, the sink, the toilet, whatever, the medicine cabinet with the mirror. You would open the medicine cabinet, and there was a slot in the back of the medicine for cabinet razor blades. for razor blades. Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about, Sarah? Know. You probably have never seen this. It is a thing, I think, only yeah. for houses built in the 40s and 50s. And people out there probably know what I'm talking about if they're of a certain age. So you would open the medicine cabinet. Yeah, and in the, at, in the back of the medicine cabinet, there was a little slot about the... Um, I don't know, about the size of, uh, you know, about the size of a, uh, you know, a like razor blade, a razor blade you know, a little wider. And the deal is, you would, you know, you'd use your, and this is back when razors used real double-sided razor blades. You would use your razor, uh, you know, whatever, 10, 12 times until the blade got dull. You would open the razor, you would take out the now dull razor blade, and instead of throwing it away, you would just put it into this slot in the back of your medicine cabinet, and it would just fall who knows where. I mean, which is weird when you think about it. That is a quintessentially Other American with walls full of razor blades. Exactly from like fifty or sixty years ago. And you know, not to be gross, but I mean, with weird. I mean, some guy with maybe a guy nicks himself, he gets a little bit of blood on it. Whatever, I'll stick it and put it in there. And so, when you think about it, that is a great quintessentially American way to get rid of something. It's like a landfill, right? Throw it away, never worry about it. Again. Exactly. Where does somebody it... else's problem? <laughs> totally. Where where are the razor blades gone? I don't know, but they're out of sight. Therefore, out of mind and. Fine. And so, yeah, there was this whole, and it used to fascinate me as a kid to think that, like, when my grandfather or my dad or my uncle were growing up in that home, they would, like, use the blade, take the blade out, stick it in this hole in the back of the medicine cabinet, gone forever. Yeah. Years later, uh, after uh, my grandparents had split up and I, you know, I had moved and, you know, whatever, and gotten away from my nutcase family, uh, they did years later. 
remodel my grandmother's bathroom. I think she might have actually been dead at that point. But they remodeled my grandmother's house. And I have always regretted that I wasn't there when they re- when they tore out that wall. Because it just is really kind of morbidly fascinating. The idea that they're... Because God only knows... I mean, they bought the house in 44, I think. Because they, they, they moved there to work at the Hanford Nuclear Facility. It was, it was a government town. And, I mean, that would have been in... The last time a man lived there would have been in, like, 70, I think. So that is like a good 25 years worth of razor blades shoved through that hole in the medicine cabinet, piled up inside one of the walls. I mean, I, I just want to know what that looks like. It's just so bizarre. Um, I had some other point to make, but I can't even remember what it is now. What were we talking about? History. History, things. Oh, final note, and I know we're running really over time here. This is, I think, Steve, and then we'll do more news. Um about things found on the walls. I was working at a radio station one time, and they were remodeling the radio station. Uh, they were going to bring in, it was during the era of what they called duopolies. They were bringing in some other stations to be in the same building with us. So they had to knock out walls. So they knocked out a wall because they were going to put a studio there. And inside the wall, they found the coolest thing. It was a chunk of sheetrock, about eight by five. And on the sheetrock was written like a greeting to the future from the guys who had originally built the station, wow. like 50 years in advance. And it was dated. It was like January 5th, 1961 or whatever. It was like, hello to whoever reads this. My name is my name is Tom Simpson, and I am working on this building. Blah, blah, blah. Hope the future is fun. Bye. And we found it inside one of the walls. And so we all actually, everybody who found it, we all like wrote our own little messages and signed it and stuck it back in the wall and sealed it up. So who knows? So whenever they, if they demolish that station again at some point in the future, they may find a, me, a, a message for me. It is weird. I love stuff like that. So you have to go to the Oregon History Museum to see that. Oh, you, the, the GI Dream thing, it, it's really cool. Because uh, usually think of Oregon history as, uh, you know, some beat-up pair of moccasins in a tree stump. And, and that's about it. it. And that's the thing. Is it's not, God love Lewis and Clark, but I'm sick of it. Sick of them. I'm sick of you, Lewis you and Clark. You've got to admit, find some new heroes, please. Inve- uh, invent them. I'm tired of hearing about... on the East Coast. I know it. And did you know they filmed the Goonies in Astoria? Yes. Stop it. Uh, so uh, the, the GI Dream exhibit is really great. Um, and it, it talks about, again, it is the huge rise of the keeping up with the Joneses and how you were like, you know, I have to buy a new wearing blender every five days. Uh, and there are some... With the latest colors. And there is a great quote at the end, and I can't remember it exactly. Uh, I'll have to look it up. But there is a great quote that they have on a placard on the wall. And then we'll get Steve Castle up here in a second, and then we'll continue with this. But uh, there is a, a, um, a great quote that they have up, and it's something about... Something to the effect of um, a man, you know, in his own home... Uh, you know, pursuing his own pastimes as he wishes is truly free, or something like that. It was one of those great, like, Sin- you know, Sinclair Lewis type quotes, you know, where he said, you know, he said, you know, the, the, it was like the private citizen, free inside his own home and pursuing his pastimes as he wishes is truly the freest of men, or whatever. And you were going to go like, America, F yeah, you know? Uh, all right, we'll do more from Tim in just a moment. Shall we welcome Steve? Yes, without further delay. Hold on, Sarah's mouthing something at me. Is it, I've got to be free? Yes. I want to go purchase a Nintendo Wii? I've got to run to the bathroom and blow my nose. Oh. Is that powder your nose? <laughs> no, I feel I Thanks. feel like I might be sick. Oh. I think that salad was... Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I, was, no, okay. I thought no, you just had to go use the bathroom. Thanks for making me say it on the air. That's really awesome. I'm sorry. I thought it was something okay. more innocuous. Well, I think it was difficult here. to open. Okay. We'll just stay here. Ugh. Uh, bye. 
Hello, Steve. I think that may have been out too long. Hello. Hi. How are you doing, sir? Oh, my head is spinning from this baseball uh, steroids report that just came out a little while ago. Uh, so, well, we were talking about this earlier. So, what is it? So, give me, give me the long. Well, first of all, like who didn't see this coming? Were it athletes on drugs? The devil, you say? Well, basically, that's what what folks are saying here is that the baseball, uh, the, the steroids uh, investigation, basically confirmed what everybody, what everybody had already known. Uh, you know, it's something that we had long suspected. But what happened here is there are a bunch of names on this uh, in this report that we hadn't heard mentioned before in connection with performance enhancing drugs. Some that we did, you know, Jason Giambi is in there, mm-hmm. Barry Bonds, uh, Jose Canseco, uh, Mo Vaughn is mentioned in there. I mean, if you saw the way Mo, Mo Vaughn uh, just bulked up incredibly uh, over time, I don't think anybody suspected that he wasn't using growth hormones or something. But um, you know, there are there are a lot of names in there that uh, people are, are raising an eyebrow to. Uh, Andy Pettit, a uh, very well known pitcher here in New York, of course, for the Yankees, but also has played elsewhere. You've got uh, you, you've got Roger Clemens, who everybody knows in, in baseball. If you if you if you've ever watched the, you know just a few baseball games, you have to know who Roger Clemens is. Won the Cy Young Award several times. An incredible pitcher, almost impossible to hit at times. And now we find out that he's implicated in in this uh, report. Uh, David Justice, Johnny Damon is in this report. There are many names, but what's even more frightening is uh, the report. This is just the tip of the iceberg. Uh-huh. That, uh, that that there are sure, surely other players out there, and further investigations will reveal more names. Uh, well, a couple things. So first of all, and I know that we discussed this a little bit yesterday, but um, so I mean, what's going to happen uh, to these guys, or do you know? It's really hard to say right now. I mean, we're waiting to hear from the baseball commissioner at 4.30. That'll uh, fill us in on what uh, Major League Baseball's plans and and reaction to the report uh, are. But on the other hand, Senator Mitchell, the former Senate Majority Leader, recommended no punishment for all of these people named in uh, in, in this report, partially because it's not a complete list, as he said, and also because he said it's more important to look forward and to develop a very comprehensive and accurate drug testing program, one that is independent, that is transparent and open to the public scrutiny. And that is the only way that, that you'll restore faith in the, the great American pastime. Uh, I have here, this is a comment from uh, our good friend Chris Sneven, who does, uh, uh, he writes a blog about some of this stuff, and he says, uh, on the off chance you talk to someone about the Mitchell Report today, as we are doing, he says, ask who the sources are in the report. Is this just the Mets clubhouse attendant? Are there others? Uh, who exactly are the sources here? There are other sources here. Um, they rely heavily on the former Mets uh, equipment manager and clubhouse manager who already pleaded guilty to illegally distributing uh, steroids and other performance-enhancing drugs. But there are other sources quoted here. Uh, there are trainers uh, and coaches who, uh, personal coaches we're talking about here, not the actual you know coaches who are members of uh, team management, but personal coaches and trainers for these uh, players who uh, cooperate some of the information that is in the report here. It's really important to note that most of the players who are named in this report would not speak with Senator Mitchell and would not answer to some of the allegations here. So they have uh, yet to give uh, their response to what claims have been laid here. But, you know, you've got to think that uh, the evidence is pretty good because there's a lot of checks that we saw here, photocopies of checks made out to this uh, former Mets clubhouse manager, and uh, it, and as, as well as delivery slips 
for uh, for these drugs. How long have they been working on this? I mean, they, they, they kind of pulled the uh, pulled the sheet off of it today. But how long have they been have they been putting this together? Over 20 months. And during that time, Senator Mitchell said he believes that steroid use has gone down dramatically in Major League Baseball. But on the other hand, he thinks a lot of uh, players are switching to human growth hormones. One of the reasons is there's no test for human growth hormones. It cannot be detected right now. So that's uh, where he thinks players are going in order to compete. He said what's, what's really hurtful here is that so many players who are playing by the rules came to him and said, you feel the pressure to use these drugs because guys who are taking them are taking the slots that they can't get on the squads because they're playing by the rules. Right. Well, as this, uh, you know, as somebody said, I have a friend of mine who's you know really into sports, and he he says that he was sort of bothered by it until he examined himself and sort of realized that all of his heroes, all of the guys that he, you know, the Mickey Mantles and Hank Aaron, and, you know, those guys that they all would have, in his opinion, probably abused these things had they been available. That you just got to. I think the default setting in the American head is to assume that everybody's going to get juiced up on whatever they think they can get away with. Well, you know what? I've also heard it said that steroids uh, were, were partially responsible for bringing baseball back after the strike. You know, we had the home run uh, race between uh, Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire, and, and the report indicates that there's some uh, questionable things going on there as far as performance-enhancing drugs are concerned. So it, it, some people are making that argument that if it wasn't for steroids, it might have taken a little while longer for baseball to bounce back from that uh, negative period and also uh i just heard someone say a uh, uh, baseball uh, agent say that over the past uh, couple of years uh baseball revenue has actually gone up five times and they say that that has to do with all of these home run records and these relievers suddenly throwing 10 15 miles per hour faster than they used to it's your best day ever steve oh my uh, all right enjoy the rest of your undoubtedly frazzled and uh, hectic day we will uh, talk to you very soon my friend thank you very there much you go. steve castenbaum ladies and gentlemen in new york city uh just a few we'll have more from tim riley in the meantime let's welcome our godlike former i'm sorry programmer emeritus bruce Agler. oh that's Hello, right sir. i forgot my new my new I'm title sorry. yeah you gave us that that, that i came up with myself yes. and i forgot all about it yes what's up uh, good afternoon well i was actually going to talk about the martini glass i don't know if anybody even remembers that uh, that, that topic well i was talking about that the, the, sometimes it has a circle with a slash through it and sometimes it doesn't yeah well having lived at the bottom of it and looking up at it every day for about eight, eight years um it, it's a rather predictable pattern. Uh, there's no there's no slash through it when it comes on in the evening and all through the evening. And then about closing time, on comes the do not drink any more martinis, and that and that remains so until uh, until morning time. Oh, I see. So it's a don't drink when after after. So yes. when the bars close, it says quit drinking. Yeah, I don't know that's exactly a closing time because I don't usually stay up that late. But when I would get up at four in the morning, it would the the, the slash that's when the slash would be through it. All right. It took me a while to figure. You know, at first I'd go, well, sometimes there's a slash, sometimes there's not. Then I finally realized, oh, in the morning there is, and then at late at night there's not. And somebody said that I don't know if this is true. Somebody said that that was a concession to the to the mad uh, folks. Well, that would make some sense. I suppose. So the folks who actually own that house were friends of friends of our old friend. Uh, Ken Bosons. Oh, really? Okay. He used to go All to right. parties at that house. Actually. Right. Oh, on the razor blade slot is uh, is Sarah in this back in the studio? Yes, yeah, she yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. I, I was going to let you know, Sarah. You probably have seen a razor blade slot. You just didn't notice because you'll still see it in some 
uh, older airplanes that you fly in. That's true. If you go into an, a lot of airplane bathrooms, will have a razor blade slot in there. I think I have seen that on a plane before. Which is weird because it's like it's archaic. No, not archaic. Anachronistic in two different ways. I mean, well, first of all, I think somebody pointed out that Jerry Seinfeld noted, like, who's shaving that much in an airplane for one thing? Yeah, time? exactly. I, I, that's and an interesting it, idea. And I mean, really, I can't. I don't think I have ever used a razor that used the old-school razor blade. I don't think I've ever done that. Well, no, I, I, look at me the age I am. I don't think I have ever used a razor with a double-edged razor. Yeah, ever. I think that is a thing that predates uh, a lot of us here. So, All right, excellent. There you go. Uh, programmer Emeritus Bruce Agler. Thank you, sir. Uh, let's see. This uh, is whoever, whoever you are. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. I, too, have never used a double-bladed razor. I'm 37. Yeah, I mean, um, I've had a straight razor once, but that's about it. Yeah, those are scary. Yeah. So I, I'm just curious. You know, I'm not much of a sports guy at all, but is it just me, or does it seem really weird and kind of piss you off that the U.S. Senate is investigating pro baseball, which is a private, for-profit company? Well, I mean, and especially since who cares? That's exactly exactly since especially since I don't care. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't really matter. I'm not. I mean, I suppose you can make the argument that. Whatever that you be being de facto forced to take steroids to compete against, you know, like somebody. If you're playing the NFL, the guy across from you is probably pumped up on something, so you maybe you feel like you have to. But I mean, still, you're talking about, especially in football, uh, a sport, or even in baseball, a sport that wears you out physically anyway and prematurely ages you. Nobody gets into professional sports because they're gonna have a long, happy life. Right, I agree. Anyway, there's yeah. a lot of other things going on besides baseball. I think that are a lot more important. But I'm with you. I don't, I yeah. don't want this to turn into the Lars Larson show. So uh, again, <laughs> thank you. Uh-huh. Bye. Thank today. you so much. I have a plastic ass. Uh, let's see. Oh, hi, you're on the Rick. Tim seems to have vanished. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Okay. Firstly, uh, may I speak for everyone in by saying F uh, uh, Lars Larson. Okay. Thank you. Uh, so uh, secondly. Uh, I don't even know where to start. Uh, firstly, uh, no, the monorail episode is not the best of the senses. I know you don't want to go back in this, and neither do I. The the best one, uh, I used to be a, just a freak about Simpsons. The one that, that made me laugh the hardest was the Simpson chili cook-off one, where uh, Homer is, uh, Marge tries to keep the uh, the annual chili cook-off uh, a secret from uh, Homer. Is this where because... he sees Johnny Cash? Yeah, yeah, and he, he goes he goes off into that. Uh, he he eats the uh, the spicy uh, chili. He has a vision was, quest. Yeah, yeah. that that part was just one of the funniest freaking things ever. Or the crayon in the brain, where, where that's my favorite episode. Yes, that one is so great, especially when when Mo goes to put the crayon back in. Yeah, and he has to kind of adjust it. The sweet spot. <laughs> yeah, the episode is called I don't know how it's pronounced, but it's called H O M R, uh, and it's it is a sort of a flowers for Algernon. Kind of a thing, and it's it's a it's a yeah. it's a poignant but really hilarious episode where they just dis- they discover the reason Homer is so dumb is he has had a crayon lodged in his brain his whole life. Yes, and, they, and the uh, the little letter that he writes to Lisa says, "Yeah, I took the coward's way they, out. Sorry." Yeah, and they pull out the crayon, and yep. Homer is suddenly really smart, <laughs> or, or just average, or average anyway. And Homer is suddenly back to being intelligent, and he can relate to Lisa, and he and Lisa have conversations, and Homer, and then at the end. He realizes that it's easier being dumb because the world is too hard. On but, the world is too painful if you're a smart person. Yeah, you see, you go and solve some problems, and then people hate you for solving those problems because you're you're yeah, smart. Yeah, and the world doesn't like smart people. So at the end, as he said, he writes this really poignant letter to Lisa about taking the coward's way out, and he That's has right. the crayon stuffed back in his brain and becomes dumb again at the end. And it's a really great episode. It really yeah. is. I can tie two things together here, and I just thought of it. Is there's a there's kind of a parallel episode with Bart 
when when when, the, when he has to get onto uh, the uh, the Ritalin substance uh, focusing, uh-huh. and, and he tells Lisa, Lisa, there are uh, there there are there's a contingent of the population that uses ten percent of its brain, and I'm now one of them. <laughs> Fantastic, excellent. Thank you, sir. All right. Bye now. I think you could have done Simpsons things for days. Uh, probably. That <laughs> Simpsons episode is really great. Too. I remember that one. That's hilarious. It's, and it has the best ever play on words in a Simpsons episode, where. Homer, who has become smart, is talking to Lisa, and he's all stressed out because the world is tough on smart people. And he says, you know, Lisa, what do you do to relax? And she, the best ever play in words, she goes, well, I do a lot of things to relax, Dad. A lot of things w- w- work to relax me. Uh, tai Chi or Chai Tea. It's the best play on words ever. And I'm amazed that, that nobody... That is the best play on words ever. And that, well, nobody had ever thought of it. Nobody had, it's one of those jokes that laid out there waiting to be uncovered. Uh, that you know, chai tea, chai tea, you know, or or tai chi, and no one had ever thought to do it until the Simpsons found it. So here's uh, Tim Riley, kids. So getting back to this, uh, Mayor Daley of Chicago wanting to ban chickens. Well, if they ban foie gras, pretty soon will be. <laughs> Thanks. So Topher says, I believe he Topher. is implying that if people ban foie gras, they might as well decide to ban chickens. Because they're the same thing, yeah. obviously. Yeah, wh- whatever. So all right. That. Uh, so let's talk about Al Gore because everybody likes him. At least in this town. Vice President Gore told the UN Climate Conference today in Bali, that sounds like a good trip, that the world is facing a crisis in terms of climate change. He said predictions that climate changes would not affect the uh, world for generations have been proven wrong, and he is right. It is affecting us in the present generation, and it is up to us in this generation to solve this crisis. Now before me. All right. At least he's not running for public office. Did I mention he's in the new uh, Futurama movie? No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Al Gore's in the new, uh, he's in Bender's Big Score. Because his daughter wrote for Futurama for a couple years. Uh, so that's actually the second time. He was in um, He was in that episode of Futurama with um, Stephen Hawking. It was him, Stephen Hawking, Gary, what's his name, Gygax, the, D- the D&D guy. Um, yeah, so he's in Bender's Big Score. It's pretty great, too. Uh, and uh, let's see. Well, all right. The Democratic the- debate is over. Is it? Yeah. Okay. So, so much for that. Hooray. Uh, Mick Romney is... That's I'm going to believe that myself. That was wrong. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> it was funny, but I shouldn't have said it. I don't wish I the traffic and stereotypes... <laughs> I'm sorry. Let's go on. Candidate Romney is turning to a negative television ad to try to sway voters to vote for him instead of Mike Huckleby. Mike Huckabee supported in-state tuition benefits for illegal immigrants. Huckabee even supported taxpayer-funded scholarships for illegal aliens. Everybody likes illegal aliens. He's the brains of babies. Huckabee's ad features the candidate telling Iowans that he supports a border fence to keep those illegal aliens out, and that's going to help a lot. Our government has failed us. Build a border fence, secure the border, and do it now. Wait, I'm, I'm so, so is, is building a fence bad or good? I'm not Good. Good, good. But wait, what is the ad? So the ad is saying vote for him because he wants a fence. He wants a fence. All right. And that'll help. All right. One half of uh, Us Weekly's couple of the year says being on the go is just the way he lives, to be part of his family unit. Uh, Actor Brad Pitt says he and his partner, actress Angelina Jolie, have gotten used to their mobile lifestyle. 
the jet setters traveling from city to city around the world. We just have our systems now, and uh, our, our kids are quite used to it. We know how to pack up, and it's a production. Don't get me wrong, but um, uh, we manage it quite well. I want, I want her to become religious so we can call her Evangelina Jolie. Oh, that would be good. Come on, that's funny. It is. All right. Uh, Brad Pitt plans to uh, build some new houses in New Orleans. We couldn't have done it without them. They really shaped this thing. But, yes, of course, they're, they're skeptical. I mean, they're dealing with, um, I, I mean, their experience has been being Things. left behind by by government on all levels. And, and then here's a Hollywood celebrity coming in. What does he want? And, and uh, uh, sure, sure, I would expect that. Okay, you know, I can't make fun of them. You know, I should make fun of them, I guess. It's part of my role as pundit, but... Yeah. I don't know. I just uh, it seems like they're doing the uh, seems like they're doing a good thing. People so. will start moving into these pit homes by next summer. One hundred fifty thousand dollars puts a family in a home. We're starting with one hundred fifty in the lower ninth. There, there should be no end to this thing. We should be able to build thousands and thousands. It's just going to be about the support. And this is again, this is a grassroots movement. This is people come together. This is what we Americans do best. And and uh, I'm putting out the call. Well, okay. Uh, well, let me read these two brief emails about razor blades, and then we'll break. Rick, I grew up in San Jose, California. We had one of those slots in the medicine cabinet. In my case, this is creepy. The blades just went straight into the crawl space. Uh, and finally, I have a slot in the drywall in my garage where I drop beer bottle caps. I'd love to see the look on the remodeler's face when they remodel. I've lived there for 12 years. Excellent. Fantastic. All right. Well, let's break. We come back. Uh, more news, and we'll do uh, the first of uh, two top fives today. And uh, we'll let you all decide which one we do. We have uh, we have two different swinger-oriented top fives. Um, the hell else? Oh, Storm Large is going to be in later. Uh, Elmo, uh, Dr. Elmo coming up at 2 o'clock. And uh, so forth. You say it's the Rick Emerson radio program. And if you will... I know I'm a bad person for not knowing this. 
Well, I didn't think anybody else knew this because my mom always buys me these every year. There's ten of them out there. I just mm -hmm. heard the ad for Christmas in the Northwest. Ten. I know every song by heart on the first one. Under it's my go-to Radio the other day was Hard Candy Christmas. You know that Kenny, you know the Dolly Parton song, Hard Candy Christmas? Tim? You never heard Hard Candy Christmas? No, should I hear it today? Well, the thing is, it's one of those songs that I have never really paid attention to. And then you listen to it and you realize how unbelievably depressing it is. You know, like Hard Candy, you think of Grandma's Bowl of Hard Candy or whatever, you know, that you want Instead, it's about her having no one, and so Hard Candy is sort of like hard cheese. It's sort of a slang for like, you know, tough luck. And so she, it's just Dolly Parton singing about staying home and getting drunk by herself until she passes out. Because it's a hard candy Christmas. Because she's alone and, you know, whatever. Did Tim request this? Tim I did. and I discussed it. All right. It's a little local flavor. It's weird. I've been usually dating someone around Christmas. It is Christmas is a weird time to be single. Yeah, and to be unemployed. Yeah, and you do notice every there are couples everywhere holding hands and buying each other presents and stuff. And unemployed. That's true. But you know what'll cheer you up? Your little trip tonight. <laughs> Going oh, to yeah. the swingers club. <laughs> Having <laughs> sex with fifty yeah. men whose names you don't know. <laughs> I wonder if we get a free membership. Well, you get a free member. You just impressed me even more. Oh, I'm sorry. That really wasn't what I was going to mention, but Tim just sent me, sent me there. I thought that's what you were heading. No. That well, I'm not, even, I'm not going to say my real suggestion now. It's going to be stupid. All right. Thanks, Tim. Thank you, Tim. God bless us, everyone. Cheesiest song. We don't have to listen to the whole thing. I'm just waiting for you to finish. You know, I don't want to step on oh. your. No, no, no. I don't want to step on your chair. I uh, let's play it again. Let's start it from the beginning. Do <laughs> it uninterrupted. No, I. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm not. I just don't want to be all a buzzkill. All Christmas in the Northwest all the time. I know the song is important to you. I didn't want to stop. Uh, that you should know. be our digital channel. Thank you. From the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Ryan. Having said I want to step, can I step on you for just a second, Tim, and read this? Yes. This is great. Listen to this. It should be noted that while you, the Rick Emerson Show, were talking about that uh, Mitchell, Mason, the, the Major League Baseball report with Steve Kastenbaum, the fan alleged sports radio station. The was people who stole our old frequency. Yes, while we were talking about the Major League Baseball report, the fan was playing a talk show that was taped delayed by three hours. They were still talking as though the report hadn't come out yet. Thank you, Rick Emerson, for giving me the sports information I needed to get through my day. The Rick Emerson Show is Portland's number one source for sports talk and information. Yes, it is. So there you go. Live and local is what we are. Here's Tim Riley. It's a waste of 50,000 watts for that. Yeah, they we don't need it. We don't need it. We do it at a fraction of that. That's what we I'm cover saying. the same area, if not more. Yes. Two true. tall towers up on top of a hill. They don't have that. That's what I'm saying. Theirs is down by the river next to the airport. <laughs> Those puny little things. Well, it's not really fifty thousand watts. Till they're kicked out. Mm -hmm. All right. When is that supposed to happen, anyway? Not. The, I'm. Not, and I'm just talking with a fan. Well, never mind. Maybe that's not public knowledge. Here's Tim Riley. So they're moving. I didn't say that. No. Oh. <laughs> 
<laughs> is someone else taking their wattage? Is someone else more deserving now? I'm not speaking just about the fan. Let me be very clear about that. I'm not. Oh, the station. I wouldn't do. I, I actually, and I would be very clear about this. I really, honestly, wouldn't do that to somebody else who works in radio, especially some guys we kind of know. I am not trying to imply that there is a format change coming for the fan. I'm going to be very clear about that. It is. I, I, well, and I, how even, would you know? Even I would not do that with Christmas coming. Um, I would not say that. No, the. Uh, yeah, but would Entercom do that? Well. None of, uh, see, now I feel like I have to say it. I think it's about time they have a Spanish station. I thought you guys were there when this conversation was had. No, it was, no. maybe this was the same conversation you had when you were saying you're going to be in Utah on Monday. In my head. In my head with the various gnomes that live inside. During one room. of those monthly lunches. Did you ever walk, did you ever walk by <laughs> a furniture store and you see a sign that says, We lost our lease? Yes. That's all I'm saying. There's a sign posted there that said we lost And I, do they have to re- relocate the store sometimes? I didn't say that. Well, yes, like a furniture store when they lose their lease uh, and uh, they are not allowed to just remain in the building. Sometimes everything has to leave the building and move somewhere else. That's all I'm saying. Well, didn't it get flooded down there anyway? Yeah. They don't, <laughs> easier to move than to stick around and clean things at this point. Uh, here's Tim Riley. It's been reclaimed by the geese. That's <laughs> what they get for building on an Indian burial ground. Mm-hmm. Well, a group of anti-war grannies who were handcuffed by police and sent to jail for leaving red handprints in the window of a northeast Portland military recruiting center were acquitted of criminal charges this morning in Multnomah County Court. These were two days of trials. These were uh, four grandmothers and one grandfather. They were in their 60s and 70s. And people thought it was just a waste of the public's money to put them on trial. And besides, people don't care if you're against the war. They're not going to listen to you anyway. Of course. So, uh... They were just playing to their own uh, choir, I suppose. Check this out. Rick, I did a remodeling on a, rental, uh, on a rental property. I found a wall full of razor blades. It was then that I learned what the, uh, the slot of medicine cabinet was for. There was also a few old coins, a half-full pack of Lucky Strikes, an army green pack from World War II. I'm guessing the guy working in the building or something dropped it in while putting up the medicine cabinet. Uh, and he said, and then when I was a kid, we put in so much of crap into a time capsule in 1972. That's cool. The uh, like the green sort of military lucky strikes found on the wall too. Mm-hmm. I dig stuff like that. I really do. Here's Tim Riley. Well, I was reading some of the figures that it would take at least 40 years to fill up a wall with razor blades. How did you possibly look that up in the? Somebody was discussing it online. Really? How long would it take to fill up a wall with this gutter razor blades? And they said how long? About 40 years. See, and so, yeah, my grandfather, I think, lived in that home with my grandmother. I think they split up in, like, 70. Mm -hmm. So I think, yeah, only, like, that would have been, like, 25 years maybe. So it was probably only three-quarters full. I wonder what happens when the wall is full. Do you just go to put in the blade one day and it won't go in? I guess so. Weird. That's so bizarre. There's got to be pictures of it. Somewhere, somebody... A wall full of razor blades? Somebody somewhere has to have torn out a wall, seen a bunch of razor blades, and gone, I'm going to take a picture of that. I mean, there has to be a picture of that somewhere. I'm just fascinated by it. Uh, All right, here's uh, Tim Riley. It is fascinating, isn't it? It really is. Hmm. Well, there's an unknown uh, predator. This one mauled a pit bull. Uh, Apparently, this creature mauled a pit bull in North Carolina. Uh, No one has ever reported seeing the animal, so they're calling it the Mystery Beast. Uh, The animal's uh, control agency is investigating the animal's tracks, droppings, and other clues, but can't determine what attacked these animals. Locals call the unknown animal the Beast of Bolivia. Uh, They say it may be a bear, a wayward panther, or a cougar, or even a wolf that has three-inch paw prints. Uh, Many suggest it escaped from a zoo, but the zoo closed more than a year ago. Okay. Uh, Rick, 
Tell Sarah, don't worry about being single this time of year. I see people walking around downtown acting like they're in some sort of diamond commercial all the time. The light at the end of my tunnel is they will all be broken up and banging new people by May. <laughs> there you go. So you know, think on that, Sarah. Uh, I was going to suggest, see, and I, I don't want to even make a suggestion. I was going to say, uh, may, do you have a movie that you watch around the holiday time? Do you have, like, a go-to film? Yeah, we always watch, um, oh, my God, the main movie. Uh, with it, Jimmy Stewart. Oh, yeah, It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah, It's a Wonderful Life. Oh, that's a great film. Yeah, I love that movie. I was going to say, uh, you know what a great film is, though? Uh, I think whether you're with somebody or not is Love Actually. Cause that is one of my favorite it's, movies. It's, it, it might be the best romantic comedy ever made. It really might be. And even if you're single, there's great, you know, because there's single people in that film, and there's people looking for love, people finding love, people married, people whatever. It's a great, and even a little thwarted love, like with Laura Linney. So that's, mm -hmm. a, it's a, that's a great movie. It is fantastic. Here's Tim Riley. No, there's nothing wrong with being alone anyway. Yeah, no. and I'm not lamenting the fact that I'm still. I like it. I'd rather be alone than, you know, happy than in a relationship. No, that I'm just saying. All right. I might not be so happy in. Madonna is about to be indicted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. The ever-evolving Madonna was announced as a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductee, along with John Mellencamp, The Ventures, Leonard Cohen, and the Dave Clark Five. Leonard Cohen, really? Yeah. Excellent. Well done. Now, these inductees are trailblazers, all unique and influential in their genres. Say the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame people. I love Leonard Cohen. From poetry to pop, these five acts demonstrate the rich diversity of the rock and roll itself. I don't really know that Leonard Cohen counts as either rock or roll, but he is pretty badass. Mm -hmm. And he's like he's like a hundred years old, and he just continues. The thing about Leonard Cohen is, like, the older he gets, he's like Keith Richards. The older he gets, just kind of the cooler he becomes somehow. Because if you listen to those old Leonard Cohen recordings, like Bird on a Wire and stuff, and Suzanne, where he's got this voice that's kind of up like here. And it wasn't until he hit his 50s that he kind of developed like the, you know, the, what he calls the golden voice, uh, that, uh, that, it, that uh, I'm your man kind of voice, which is, uh, which is pretty great. Uh, he also wrote one of the best songs in the history of all the world, which is Hallelujah, uh, which has been covered by, like, everybody under the sun. Let's do one more, and then we'll roll the top five. A uh, long-time South Florida school teacher has been sentenced to three years probation for hitting a flight attendant during a plane ride. Bam! Uh, this lady has been ordered to undergo alcohol and mental health treatment. That was no lady. That was my wife. According to court documents, the lead flight attendant tried to talk to a Marguerite, but she hit him in the face with her right hand, and she tried to punch him again while with her left hand. She then had to be restrained for the remainder of the flight. Uh. Marguerite told the FBI she may have been a little tipsy at the time. She admitted to having several drinks during the flight and even more during the layover. She couldn't remember hitting anybody, though. Uh, oh, she hasn't been fired from her teaching job. If she couldn't remember it, it didn't happen. That's no. exactly what I'm saying. And don't lead with your right. Okay, I'm going to let you guys choose the top five we start with. We have two of them today, put together by this guy, uh, Chris. Um, so we've got two different ones. We've got the top five creepiest songs to hear playing in a swingers club. It's because of our visit at the swingers oh, club. Oh, which are name. better songs? Well, it's hard to say. I mean, we're trying to get to both of these today. We'll do one with Storm and one one now. So do you guys want to do the top five creepiest songs now or the top five weirdest songs? What? What's the difference? Well, one is sort of icky, and one is just odd. Hmm. Let's do odd, and then Storm Storm would appreciate the icky. <laughs> There's always plenty of time for icky. There's always room for icky in the world. Five, four, three, two, one, fire. Counting is wonderful. Counting is marvelous. Counting's the best thing to do. Counting is happiness. Counting is ecstasy. I love to count. Don't All right, ladies and gentlemen, here's Tim Riley with today's top five. 
And as certain members of the Rick Emerson Show bodily plunge, or boldly plunge, into the uncertain waters of bodily plunge adult recreation facility, <laughs> listener Chris admits these. These are the top five just plain weird songs to hear playing at a swingers club. These are the weirdest songs to be playing in the background while one is engaged in whatever adult activities of one's choosing at a swingers club. Honorable mention the Sanford and Son theme. See? Oh, yeah, I guess that's just weird. So just imagine, as he put it... So he could just, like, ram, like randomly grab a handful of songs. Cause any... But there's a certain magic to all of these. As he put it, imagine these playing while oiled, pudgy bodies writhe in the foreground. <laughs> this really does work, too. Everyone, everyone with an afro and a handlebar mustache. Ooh la la. <laughs> Jesus. All right, these are the top five weirdest songs to be playing in the background of the swingers club. This is already the best top five ever. Number five, the Joy Division level Terrace Apart. That is the music. That is really funny. He's a funny guy. He gets, uh, I get emails that? from it. It got him Chris. I don't want to get his. Uh, I don't want to give his whole name. I get emails from work a lot, but uh, he's an amusing man. This is amusing. These are the top five weirdest songs to be playing in the background at a swingers club. Number four, Paul Revere and his Raiders, Indian Reservation, the Cherokee people. I love this song. But I mean, now picture like picture like two pink walruses humping it out in the foreground. Stench of baby oil fills the air. (laughs) You're slapping thumbs. Why are you doing that? That is so wrong. It is rhythmic. Took away our native tongue. What an odd song. And sung by the whitest guy in the history of the world, isn't it? English to our young. Doesn't he make burgers somewhere now, you said? You know, that place is great. Mark Lindsay's Rock and Roll Cafe. I don't poke fun. That, that place is really fantastic. Uh, Laura and I went there uh, the other night. And then we went there. Um, and I went there what, a couple weeks ago, too. Great, uh, they have great food, and then on in afternoon drive and on Saturdays you can see their radio. There's a radio studio right there, the K Hit Studio, is in Mark Lindsay's Rock and Roll Cafe. It's a great place, it really is. Cherokee people, Ugh. Cherokee tribe. Just a whole lot of writhing. All right, these are the top five weirdest songs to be playing in the background of the Swingers Club. Number three, Lips Incorporated in Funky Town. <laughs> I like this song. <laughs> I do, too. I don't know why. It's very catchy and engaging. This is proof that if you only have one finger, you can still record a successful pop song. Doesn't this song seem like it would be in some weird sub-Pixar CGI film with a bunch of wacky animals? It belongs and to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. One of them would have sunglasses on and be riding a skateboard. It belongs in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. What? <laughs> right next to uh, Sheik. Mm-hmm. <laughs> These are the 
We're not even to the hook yet. Boy, it takes forever to get to the... The songs used to take forever to get to the hook. Please don't bore us. Get to the chorus, as they used to say. Number two, Lee Greenwood. God bless the USA. <laughs> These are the top five weirdest songs to be playing in the background at a swingers party while it's in full swing. And I'm proud to be an American a bunch of jiggling buttocks. Oh, God, I heard this song all the time growing up in a military family. Oh, yeah, of course. Boy, when he wrote this, he must have immediately gone out and racked up like a million dollars in credit card debt the second he wrote this, knowing that he would just be immensely wealthy. Do you know that Lee Greenwood has 19 greatest hits albums? Really? Oh, yeah. Possible. <laughs> greatest hit albums. Counting on the top five weirdest songs to be playing in the background at a swingers club. Tim? At long last, number one, Yakety Sax, the Benny Hill theme. <laughs> Excellent. Well done. <laughs> Well, oh, I'm just reminded of two naked fat people running around chasing each other in a padded room. And in like a weird, like artificially sped up film. Yeah. Like hiding under a hiding under a bed. Running around the buffet. <laughs> <laughs> Being chased by the Keystone cops. Chasing each other Boulevard. Chasing each other on a bowl full of chicken fingers. All right. Uh, in the next hour, Storm Large will join us. We'll uh, have uh, Dr. Elmo of Elmo and Patsy fame on the program. Oh, we got to get that guy back on the phone. Uh, what else? And we'll do the other top five. Top five creepiest songs to be playing at a swingers club. Back after this. Don't go anywhere. Emerson show. Is this another one of Tim's requests? Well, this is all I had and you weren't ready to go. And what's this? I think you know what this is. The wind may not blow. This is Amy Grant? This is the same song I just played like ten minutes ago. You lie, it is not. What is with you and your mental block for this song? I'm I don't know. Keep playing it until you tell me, Sarah, that's Christmas in the Northwest. Maybe the Christmas in the Northwest shaped receptor in my brain is isn't working. Maybe it's damaged. Maybe it's like how Richie can't smell. I can't remember this song. Oh yeah, I'd like to thank one of our coworkers who announced, who came in, hugged everybody, breathed a lot, and then neck. said, "Oh, by the way, I gotta go. I've got a chest cold." Let me just swallow one of those Lysol wipes. Just jam it into my esophagus. Thanks for coming in. Let me polish off my larynx with Windex. Can we never play this again? <laughs> if you remember it, then I won't play it. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Uh, all right, we've got to get underway here. We're running a little bit behind. So um, before we do anything else, let's welcome another Rick Emerson show, our good friend Storm Large. Hello, Hello. Storm. 
Hi, how are you? Hi, hey, I'm excellent. Give me the, give me the wipes. Sorry. No, I already got, I already got wiped. I want another wipe. But I want. Do they have bleach in them? Because I put them all in my hair and stuff. Because she hugged me all over my head. God. Give me the wipes. Anyone, you want a taco? No, it gives me the wipes. Ingredients. Okay, so they have the active ingredients, and there's the list, and that's 0.32%. It says other ingredients, 99.6%. Okay, yeah, it, it okay well, don't eat them. The other ingredients are just lead and yeah. wire. <laughs> lead and babies. Uh, made out of lead and babies, so it's got to be good. Uh, we will talk. Uh, you're here for a while, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we'll talk more about your uh, your show coming up tonight at yes. the Wonder Ballroom. Indeed. Uh, can more info be found at stormlarge.com? Possibly, yes. Why? Yes, actually. Boy, howdy. All right, so we're running kind of behind. So before we do anything else here, we got a, the Glorious Bastard of the Week coming up and the other half of the Swingers Club Top 5. We did the Top 5 Weirdest Songs. We will do the Top 5 Creepiest Songs oh. here in just a, a skosh. All right, so uh, so Dr. Elmo of uh, Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer fame is going to be on the show here in a while. So because I could not possibly care less about doing that interview and because Tim just doesn't have the stomach for it and because Sarah probably doesn't care, what? Um, that's what I'm saying. So right. we're gonna have we're gonna have a listener do the interview. This is uh, Tim. Hello, Tim. Are you there? Hey, hey, Stormy. Hi. How are you? Um, Good. Uh, Storm actually reviewed uh, some songs for my band about three or four years back. I just wanted to say thanks, and it's good to hear your voice again. What band? Uh, we were a nobody. You may know me better as the other half of Tim and Lauren. Do you remember Lauren at all? We used to come to your shows all the time downtown. We gave you a little four-disc CD, and you emailed me back. And Lauren, was, a girl or a boy? Just pretend. Lauren, Lauren's a boy, and he had the goatee, and we, we like, stalked you from house to house to house. Oh, until you got yeah, Lauren. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, Lauren. Oh. Yeah. Mm. Stay 500 feet away. <laughs> yeah, the the law I think still, the, 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 the restraining order I still think is going on. So All right. So nice to talk to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been a real slice. So anyway... <laughs> Uh, so okay, we're gonna do the Dr. Elmo thing now, Sarah. Do we still? Do we, I think six minutes is too long. No, I've, I think we should just in and out. Four in and out. Four minutes. Like I need some time. Minutes. I need some time to get to at least three or four questions in where I can get to the good stuff. All right. So did you uh, re- use this past couple hours to like research? Did you prep? Did you get in the zone? Oh crap! Yeah. All right. Awesome. Crap! Yeah. All right, so uh, we will start the clock when you bring him onto the program. Uh, you don't have to pretend to be me. You can just be yourself. I would you actually want... like to pretend to be you if that's okay, because I've got the whole opening shtick down oh, with the right. phone number okay. and the email and all okay, that. Okay, now here's the thing. Now, you, there are prizes on the line here, but now and we will be the sole judges of this. You've got to do a couple of things. A, you got to pull it off like it's a real interview. In other words, uh, you know, I don't want it to be like some Phil Henry thing where halfway through he realizes you're just some guy. And then he's like, you know, and then he starts screwing with you back. You know what I mean? It's got to be, from his end, it's got to be perceived as a real, if maybe unorthodox interview. And Tim, I'm way ahead of you. Please to be asking him who the guy is. Uh, I want a name of the guy who's rapping on Yeah, that. we know, we want to know who the artist is that is rapping on the hip-hop version of that song. What? And oh, his, we'll and his name later. Was, it's the worst. Oh. Wasn't it, well, it was Bling something or other. Well, well you, you're, you're going to ask him for us. Bling Crosby. Okay, so it's going to be a... Bling it's going to be a four-minute interview. Uh, you got to pull it off successfully, so he it feels like he's been, you know, the subject of an actual interrogative session. And we're going to give you a phrase that you must work into the interview. Okay. All right. All right. What is the phrase? We got to give him a phrase or a question that he must work into the interview. Uh, what does your mother taste like? Things that go on in your mind. Um, anyway, Sarah. Baby room. Baby room? Baby room's kind of funny. Baby room. Okay, you got to work in the phrase. Or the ass club. No, baby no. room is better. 
Because it could be innocuous. I'm not going to give him suggestions on how to do it. I'm not going to give... Can, can we... Uh, does it have to be in a phrase? Like, I want to show you my, ba- no. my baby room. I want to no. show you my baby room. Uh, do you think... Do, do we have to give him... You're talking about my mind? Do you want to give him the full sentence or just the phrase? I think just the phrase. Baby room is going to be hard to work in. No, well, just no, you can do it. All right, fine, kid. fine then. I'll we'll w- give two then. Oh no, no, no. We'll just give. Well, we could just give him the full. I want to show you my baby room. All right, I'll do it. Okay, right, you go, Okay, so four minutes. You must pull it off. It must be a convincing interview from his end. <laughs> don't say anything that's going to get yeah, you know. Nothing that's too get, inappropriate. Don't get us. Don't get. Don't anything that's going to get us sued or get us in trouble with anybody. Uh, and you must work in the phrase. I want to show you my baby room. Oh my God. Are you ready? Yes. All right, I'm going to put you on hold. Now, now I'm going to come back. I'm going to come back as you. So in other words, like as though we were coming in from break. Is and that okay? so what we'll here's how. Here's, I play some, I'll, I'll here's, play the rap. Yeah, here's how you know this. We will be playing the Dr. Elmo rap. We will fade it out. As soon as you hear the music go away, you will be quote on the air. You bring him onto the air then and do the interview. Let's make sure you can hear my computer on the. All right, we're going to make sure you can, can hear it. Hold on. Can you hear that? I cannot. Can you hear it now? No. Can you hear it now? Now I can. All right. Okay, there you go. All right, I'm going to put you on hold for a second, okay? Okay. Hey, don't go anywhere. Richie, can you please uh, obtain the presence of Dr. Elmo? All right. And then I'm going to shut up, dude, on hold, Tim. You will hear the music. As soon as you hear the music fade out, you will hear a little sound. You'll be on the air. You must then start the interview. So, uh, oh, I'm nervous for him. This no, no, is no. a bad Four idea. Four minutes, and you're going to be gonna on the clock. Kick, he's gonna I have the clock. I have the okay. clock. Okay, all right. What did you say, Storm? He's going to kick butt. He's going to do great. All right. So, Tim, you will hear a ksh. All right. Stop. Play it. Start it, start it now. Oh. All right, we're starting the music. Grandma got run over by a reindeer. Yo, Mizzle, duck the ring, Mizzle. Walking home from our house Christmas Eve. Swaying on the side, she should have pimped a ride. You can say there's no such thing as Santa. That's all we got. Pretend he can fly. But as for me and Grandpa, we believe. Welcome back to the Rick Emerson Show on 970 AM Solid State Radio. Uh, telephone number, if you care to join us, is 503-733-2970 or email at rick at rickemerson.com. Uh, we got traffic and weather together on the half hours. Joining us right now is Elmo of Elmo and Pat, the people that uh, wrote Grandma Got Ran Over by a Reindeer. Elmo, I've got to say, we labored through yesterday's show kind of under a dark cloud being that of Mike Turner's passing. So it's a real pleasure to have you on the air with us today and remind us of the lighter side of the holidays. So it's glad to have you on. How are you doing? I'm great, Rick. Thank you very much. Great. Fantastic. Listen, one thing I want to get to, in 1979 uh, is kind of when this song came about to the public eye, and it's become a staple, uh, a centerpiece in the American Christmas lexicon. It's been covered by Ray Stevens, Less Than Jake, the Irish Rovers, one of my favorite artists. Uh, in 1996, it was covered by Poe. What is your favorite cover rendition of that song? Uh, let me say, probably less than Jake. You know, the other ones just sound like cheap imitations of me, and okay. I don't like to say that. But anyway, less than Jake has a, a more fun version of it. Great, I, you know, and I kind of agree too. Seeing it on YouTube, it does kind of have an up-tempo feel to it, and I must agree actually. And you know what? I have to ask: Do you have a cell phone? And is your cell phone ringer, Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer? Uh, you know, everyone who works in my office has that cell phone ringer, the Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer. I'm the only one who doesn't. 
<laughs> now, in 2000, in the year 2000, there was an animated television show, and you, uh, it, of course, covering the song, or on the, on the premise of the song, and you actually did the voice of Grandpa, right? Yes, and I was the narrator as well. Okay, now, was that your only foray into television and film? It is, yes. Okay. I, I collaborated with a, a producer from Hollywood who, who wanted to put it together, and I wrote the story and wrote the songs for it, and uh, then we put it together, and, you know, it's been playing quite a few times every year. Absolutely, and, you know, I think it was, well, and the reason I asked is because, I mean, I got, I got my first look at you actually about a week ago on on YouTube, and, I mean, you, you're an upbeat guy, you're full of energy, you've got a million-dollar smile, it's like you're like a perfect hybrid between like a young Engelbert Humperdinck and a Jack Kevorkian. All your, right. <laughs> I love that. I'm going to steal that from you, Rich. Oh, Rich. my God. What is your secret on you? Because in 2006, you turned 70, and didn't you run your first marathon in New York? I did, yes. That is outstanding. Walk us through that a little bit. Well, you know, I, I thought I'd better start running run the marathon before I got too old to run it, you know. So, sure. uh so I trained. I ran about 35 or 40 miles a week for about 16 weeks, and uh, and I ran the marathon. You know, towards when it was getting ready, I thought, you know something? There's not going to be enough people who are stupid enough to run this thing that are 70 years old, and I might do pretty well in it. And I, I had delusions of grandeur about how well I was going to do. Well, that wasn't your first delusion of grandeur, because in 2005, you were actually called to audition for uh, replacing Sammy Hagar and Van Halen. Now, walk us through that audition process because you're a pretty fair, you're a pretty accomplished guitar player yourself. And I mean, was there any tension between you and Eddie as far as like trading licks or anything like that, or what's the deal there? Hey, I think you know something. Eddie's got the edge on me, and it's not just because of age either. <laughs> you make your living as a veterinarian now. I mean, you, you actually like are are you retired? Are you still a veterinarian? Well, you know, I, I retired about ten years ago because um, because the grandma juggernaut is is come come around, so it's a full time job all year long. Well, and you know, and here we are, the beneficiaries of that. And again, it's so great to have you on the air. My last thing is, since how you are a veterinarian, a couple of years ago, um, my my ex fiance and I we adopted a six year old mastiff. And I don't know, and I'm sure you know about mastiffs. I mean, they snore. Yeah, they're big. Here. Oh my God, he breaks wind like a Samoan volcano. What? <laughs> What can I feed the big fella to kind of calm the inner turbulence? Because we sleep in the same room, you know, they're dogs of the people. And uh, so what can I do, uh, you know, to calm the fire, so to speak? <laughs> Maybe give him a little extra metamucil in his food. <laughs> I'll share some of mine. Absolutely. <laughs> well, God, it's been great having you on the air. Um, the, are, you, are you doing any, any other kind of recordings coming up with any other significant artists? Because I know I do a lot of recording here in Portland. And uh, my studio, I call it the baby room. I, I want to show you my baby room because it's got all of my gear inside of it that I got through a place called Super Digital right here downtown. And um, it's kind of a padded wall. It, it actually used to be um, a swingers club, and then I kind of bought it uh, in the middle of downtown, and I re uh, reverted it into a place where people practice and perform. Do you have any, any more recordings coming up, or are you pretty much relying on your uh, on the Christmas stuff now? What's the no, I make a, we do a lot of Christmas stuff, but I usually make a new album every year. But, I, but oh, it sounds I, I, like that baby, that your baby studio sounds like a good place, especially if it's kept that vibe going from the Swingers Club. I would love to show you my baby room, and if I can send you some, uh, I can send you some pictures of it online, and uh, you know maybe we could hook up at some point if you pass through the Northwest, and uh, we can kick out some jams. Oh, that would be great. 
Awesome. Well, thanks so much for coming on the air again. Uh, we love your song. We play it every year. And uh, God bless and take care and, and uh, elongated health to you. That was a, that was a great interview, man. You did a really uh, really good job there. And uh, Richie, okay, there you go, fantastic. Well yeah. done. All right, dude. I uh, I was gonna I was getting ready to come on as your producer to tell you that oh, we were running up into the traffic. Oh my god! You want a weekend show? Yeah, seriously. That I don't, was awesome. I I haven't even heard, but I rang the bell at four minutes. Uh, and I I'm, heard you talking about ringing the bell. I was like, shoot, I'm right here, like at, at this point where I was gonna cross over into the booth. See, I knew it. I forgot that they could our, hear the uh, yeah. yeah the microphone. So all right, but excellent. So yeah, you congrats. And working in the baby room phrase like twice. That genius. And getting him to say the baby room phrase. Well done. We have yeah. to have him in studio. Yeah. Totally. That you were. Well cool. done, yeah, I think you might be our go-to guy for interviews we don't want to do. Uh, uh, I would love to do it. Can well, I just say one more thing before I get taken off here? Yeah. Uh, as for my prize, uh, I just I, I would like to make one request, and there's no uncreepy way of saying this, but I would absolutely uh, relish in the fact, and I would I would I would bear under any caveat whether it would be a uh, a chaperone or whatever. If my prize could just be a half an hour, I would love to buy. Sarah Dillon, a cup of coffee, and just talk to her for a half an hour. Is that too creepy, or, or what's the deal? Well, it comes with me. Is this How about gonna, both of us? Is this going to be like when Nixon uh, drove uh, Pat Nixon on a date with her boyfriend in high school? Well, Storm knows. She knows what I look like. She'll tell you that I'm, I look like uh, a fatter Kevin, uh, what's that guy's name from the King of Queens? A fatter Kevin James? Well, not a fatter Kevin I'm a taller Kevin James. Uh-huh. You know, your first, okay. Um... Well, uh, it's not my place to, of course, weigh I, in. Tim, why don't you uh, drop me an email and we'll we'll figure it out. <laughs> there is no worry. I can take rejection. All, All right. right. So Thank you. All right. Uh, I'll tell you what. I'm going to put you on hold. Richie will get your information. Congratulations. Uh, you're going to win a whole pile of crap, uh, or at least some crap from AM970. And you have, uh, let me just read you, just in case, let me read you a few sample uh, email subject lines. Uh, Rick, this guy will soon have your job. This guy is genius. I have done multiple text messages saying the same thing. This Give guy that guy a radio show. So there you go. Well done, my that friend. That was awesome. All right, I'm going to put you on hold. Richie will get your information. Congratulations, sir. Well done. All right. All right, there you go. Thank you. Richie, if you want to uh, pick up uh, Tim on line one, there you go. Awkward. No, you're right. so coming with me. <laughs> yeah. Well, you let me know. I said he, well, he, the weird thing is he asked, like, me. Yeah. Like, Rick, can I take... It's like well, you're my dad. Rick, I have brought many cattle from village. <laughs> May I take Sarah Dillon to my own home to become ninth wife? Uh, uh, yeah, well, we'll figure it out. Uh, all right, we should take a break, don't you think? Yes. Come back. Tim Riley, more from Storm Large, and we'll count down the top five creepiest songs uh, to have playing in the background at a swingers club. I really was anticipating him requesting a visit to the swingers club. That's where I thought he was going with that. Great He's job, really though. into the swingers club. Thing. Yeah. All right. Back after this, it's the Rick Emerson radio program. You don't got the pleaser. It's time to organize. Move job. It ain't Christmas without Grandma. Everybody wearing black. And we're asking, should we open up our gifts or send them back? Why, hello, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. 503 733 This email says, Rick, 
Give that guy a weekend show. Steven Seagal is still the gold standard, but that's the second best interview you've ever done. Ha uh-huh. ha. Uh, Rick, that interview is nerve-wracking to listen to, but is genius. Engelbert Humperdinck and Jack Kevorkian. Screw baby room. That is the phrase of the day. Uh, what else? This one just says, traffic and weather together, LOL, LOL, LOL. <laughs> Uh, let's see, this guy is gold. Uh, let's see, what is he winning? I have it here, something. Hold on, let's see. We have, uh, the hell is he winning? Uh, let's see, he is walking away with, uh, U.S. Navy SEALs, Fire, Firestorm, Fire Team Bravo 2, PlayStation, and some chick flick on DVD. There you go. Congratulations. Well done. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, it's, oh, speaking of which, we're going to do the Glorious Bastard of the Week here in just a second. Um, Storm Large is here. Okay, so, uh, tonight, Wonder Ballroom. 10:30. No. Damn. It's over at 10:30. Oh, I'm sorry. It's, it's an, actually, yeah, it's an, it's actually a really early show because it's a kind of a sit down, um, cabaret variety show, kind of a la the old, um, um, like Bing Crosby celebrity hour it's kind of things. Kind of, yeah. I'm doing duets with a bunch of people. We got Cleveland. We got. China Forbes from uh, Pink Martini, and I'm going to be actually doing a duet with uh, Mr. Sam Adams, the very dreamy. The yeah. Sam Adams? The Sam Adams. Does he sing? Uh, he kind of talks sings. He tries. He tries. He is on. very dreamy. He is dreamy. I was teaching him the song, and he's staring at me in, the, uh, in my eyes. He's got those weird husky blue eyes. Cute. I'm going to try and make him switch teams. Well, okay. <laughs> Well, all right, I'll do my darndest. I remember we did our bishop's ads, um, and we were getting our hair done at the same time, and uh, the girl who was doing his hair, she's when he would get up and leave, she'd be like, oh, I think he thinks I'm cute. Should I ask him on a date? I'm like, no, sweetie. Yes, no. Fishing only, with if, only if you stand up to pee, babe. <laughs> fishing with the wrong baits. <laughs> Uh, so this is so it's uh, so it's like a whole cornucopia of music. Yeah, it's a whole bunch of entertainment. It's going to be really, really fun, and we have uh, we have a lot of surprises, and it's 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 just going to be good for short attention span type people, which is everyone I know. Fantastic. So it gets underway at what time? It uh, doors are at seven. We go on at eight, and it's all over by like ten thirty. It's good for old folks, cool. and folks with kids, and people who want to go get wasted somewhere else. It's wonderful. Excellent. That's tonight. Uh, doors at seven. Show at eight at the Wonder Ballroom, and more information at. Stormlarge.com. Yes. Uh, all right. Is Tim? Tim is around somewhere. At some point, we'll have some headlines from Tim Riley, the Ministry of Truth. Uh, while I'm thinking about it, let me do the. Uh, let me read this glorious bastard of the week thing here. Hold on, I got it somewhere. Let's see. There we go. Greetings and salutations, Corey Lethem, Lethem, Lethem. You are being addressed at this moment because you, yes, you, have been selected as the AM970 Glorious Bastard of the Week with all the rights and privileges that entails. In addition to the envy of your fellow man, you'll receive a bountiful cornucopia of swag from the AM970 pile of crap, including a pair of motorcycle ice racing tickets for this weekend and some chick flicks on DVD. Lucky you. Man about town and catch and release with the luscious Jennifer Garner. Little slice of editorial comment there. As well as the wonderful knowledge that for at least this one week, you are indeed just a little bit better than everyone else. Enjoy your newly elevated status and don't hesitate to lord it over the less fortunate. That's why God created them. Thank you for listening, Corey Latham. You are the glorious bastard of the week. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. No, all you youngsters are going to be very disappointed. This just in. The state liquor board has voted three to two to reject a proposal that would have allowed minors into some music clubs and lounges where alcohol is served. The OLCC was very uneasy about the scope of the rule change. The vote disappointed the youngsters who argued passionately that underage music fans aren't interested in going to lounges and other performance venues to drink. 
They just want to bring on the rock. Well, should we um, resurrect the story when that leader of the OLCC got pulled over for drunk driving? I was just yeah. going to say. We talk about that every time we have an OLCC story. Yeah. I think we should. Do you have the story handy? I'm oh, finding she, it right now. And she looked just like Gollum, She's a too. Hag. Yeah, she was a bug-eyed freak. She's a hag. She really was. <laughs> her. Seriously, she looked like the she looked like the dregs of a lab experiment. Yeah, her parents had the same last name before they were married. And let's not her parents had the same problem. Well, and let's not do, <laughs> and, and, and let's not also let not pedal fiction. Let's not say that teenagers who go to bars for city things aren't interested in drinking. Of course, they're interested in drinking. But they don't they're, go to bars to drink. They drink out of their parents' liquor cabinet. And even if they are interested in drinking, isn't that like not their problem? Like right. they, you know, the responsibility is on the license holder. The responsibility is on the bar, on oh. the whatever. Yes. So the idea that they're somehow going to be shafted out of seeing music, uh, you know, because of someone else's lackadaisical attitude toward enforcing the law is just retarded. The OLCC, I mean, it's like they're not even in the 20th century at this point. They really are like several hundred years behind everybody else, and it's like living they want in Salt to put Lake. People again. in stock. It really no. It it, it is not unlike uh, when I lived in Utah. It is very similar, and in some yeah. cases actually worse. I remember when I first moved here, I did not have uh, a driver's license. I just had the state ID card um, and because my driver's license had lapsed and I hadn't gotten a new one and blah, blah, blah. And I remember when Lycus came to town the first time after I had moved here, he was at the Aladdin. And I had a state, like it was an Oregon ID card from the government. And I, they wouldn't let me in because at that point you had to have a driver's license. The OLCC would not accept a state ID card. So in other words, to get into a bar, it wasn't enough to identify yourself like from the government. You had to prove that you were going to be driving later. So, because they're all about the logic. Oh. Jesus. All right, here's Tim Riley. Well, here's one that's lots of laughs. Dateline Gresham. A Gresham tow truck driver has been arrested after cops said he tried to take out revenge against the citation they gave him by towing a cop's car away during a domestic call. That'll work. They were at the uh, apartments at Northeast 22nd early today when one of them was dispatched to another call. When leaving the scene, they noticed a tow truck hooking up one of the patrol cars. Police say they, they told 32-year-old Gerald Sviverson to release the tow line, but Sviverson complained about a previous ticket, then locked himself in the tow truck and refused to speak with anyone. Wow. Well, the towing okay. supervisor was eventually called to the scene to defuse the situation and help the police. Now this tow truck driver is being charged with interfering with police and criminal mischief. Oh, my goodness. It's too bad, isn't it? Gresham. No. No. Uh, we should do that Geek Watch. Let's do the Geek Watch. And then a, we'll uh, do the double the Geek Watch. All right, here's the Geek Watch. For, uh, High speed modem is intolerably slow. In the Quasar dilemma, remember, you used just a television show. That's all, okay? <laughs> right, but cause we were wondering if the quantum flux. Now, just listen on there. There is no quantum flux. There's no auxiliary. There's no goddamn shit. You got it? Better does. I have two here, so I'll read them briskly. Expect cheers among hardcore online game enthusiasts when they learn Merriam-Webster's word of the year, or to be more accurately, is woot. Woot is a hybrid of letters and numbers used by gamers as an exclamation for happiness or triumph. I'm glad they they did it just so you could say it. Woot was an ideal choice because it blends whimsy with new technology, says Merriam-Webster's president, John Morris. It shows a really interesting thing that's going on in our language. It's a term that's arrived only because we're now communicating electronically with each other. Woot is among 20 <laughs> oh nominees for a list of the most fantastic. searched words in Merriam-Webster's online dictionary and the most frequently submitted item for users of its open dictionary. Uh, the choice uh, did not make Ellen Metcalf, executive director of the American Dialect Society, say woot. 
Uh, some also rans of the 2007 list. The use of the word Facebook as a verb to signify using the website by that name. Also, uh... No one does that. Hypocrite, conundrum, and blamestorm. Whatever those words. I think right? hypocrite and conundrum are already words. I don't think... Those I, are words. I thought this was... Oh, this yeah. is... But, okay, but this isn't like the, the the thing where they're adding words to the dictionary. This is just where they've picked a word. Yes. I well, Woody is in the dictionary. I don't understand the rules of Well, I just read what's put in front of me. <laughs> uh, best-selling author Terry Pratchett has been diagnosed with a rare form of an early onset to Alzheimer's. He said this in a message in his website. In a brief note to fans entitled... I don't even know what this word says. Well, anyway, he said he was uh, taking the news. Are you sure it's Terry Pratchett who's been diagnosed? Yes, right. and possibly with a mild optimism. Uh, I would <laughs> like to keep this one quiet for a little while, but because of upcoming conventions and, of course, the need to keep my publishers informed, it seems unfair to withhold the news that he wrote on his website. Uh, Pratchett is best known for his Discworld series, which explores the residence of a very flat, very weird, and almost invariably hilarious planet Dominated by the sprawling, chaotic city of Inkmore Park. You have no idea what any of this means. No. <laughs> um, Nor does it matter. Uh, just well, the, I, I will say this: that I, I'm not much of a sci-fi or fantasy reader, but I know that the. the no, you wrote the color purple. So a lot. Cut the color of magic. 1983. Uh huh. So uh, no, there's. A, I, I got that said to me by a bunch of people. Uh, a lot of people in the sci-fi community are very bummed out about that guy. And again, I don't read a lot of sci-fi, but I know he's very well regarded there. And I think he's British, and so like the posting was written with that weird sort of. Brittle British kind of politeness and wit. That's um, I didn't understand. Yeah, and it ended. It I know it ended with something like you know uh, he put there was a P.S. where he said like you know it's I know it's human nature to say like you know if there's anything I can do let me know and he said but unless you have a master's degree in high level brain physiology like leave me alone or whatever so anyway so there you go so that sucks and because he's only like 55 that's the thing that's what wow, makes it so and weird. He's Alzheimer's? Yeah, it's early onset Alzheimer's and I think he's only in his 50s, which is what makes it so mm. weird. And of course Alzheimer's always hits. Like, have you noticed this, and maybe, like, in your own family, your experience, like, Alzheimer's never hits people who are already just stupid and dull to begin with. It always strikes people who are, like, really creative and great and funny. Yeah. Uh, Alzheimer's never just hits some guy who's just a nose-picking dullard uh, in the first place. <laughs> it really is just the way that the universe unfairly uh, rations out pain and misery. Well, what is it? it? It just kills off part of your brain, or the, is it a chemical thing? It's a Ronald Reagan thing. And here, <laughs> the, the weird thing about Alzheimer's is, as I understand it, there is actually no test for it. They simply diagnose it by ruling out everything else because I think morbidly enough they can't actually confirm it without like poking apart your brain and oh. I think they have to they confirm it after you're dead but when you are alive it is diagnosed by excluding everything else you oh. know you carve away everything that's not an elephant you're left with an elephant blah 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 so there's your sad geek watch let's uh, close that and we'll do this My the top five by the sons of Warvan I shall avenge you next Loneliness and cheeseburgers are a dangerous mix. All right, ladies and gentlemen, here is your second top five, five for today. Four, three, two, one, fire. Counting is wonderful. Counting is marvelous. Counting's the best thing to do. Counting is happiness, counting is ecstasy, I love to count, don't you? All right, so earlier we had the top five oddest songs to be playing in the background of the Swingers Club. Uh, this one is the top five creepiest, and the guy says, Rick, 
about this creepy list I made, it's not necessarily composed of songs that would creep you out. It's just songs that are creepily obvious. Songs you would imagine would be playing at a swingers club, and it would make you shudder uncontrollably when you actually heard them. Uh, except for the honorable mention, which is just plain creepy. All right, these are the top five creepiest songs you hear at a swingers club from listener Chris. With honorable mention going to Nirvana and Polly. This is totally creepy. Anything by Nirvana. Especially because I do believe this is about raping a girl while armed with a blowtorch. So, you know, there's that. Well, that's probably why, you know, you picked it for the creepiest song. Well done, sir. Did you watch, uh, have you seen that show on VH1 Classic Albums? It's like a behind the music, but about one album altogether. Oh, I've heard about it. I think you can get the DVDs of it. It's pretty great, actually. I've heard it's amazing. I'm not like the biggest Nirvana fan, but they do this whole Butch Big does this thing where they go into the studio and he plays all the, the songs, including this one, where they'll do it track by track, where you hear just the vocals, just the harmony, just the bass line, whatever, and it's pretty fascinating, actually. Number five, Def Leppard, pour some sugar on me. Uh, and you can totally see, like, the 39-year-old guy. Doughy parents getting it on with the neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever been to a fishbowl party? Oh. And just like gut held back by the dockers and the, the fossil belt. I wonder what time it opens. I wonder if there'll be any crossover of us being there. I don't think. Well, I don't know what days they're really open for business. I mean, weekends, but I don't know if they're open. I thought it was weekends and Wednesdays. The but Club has to have a, 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 a website. Richie says they're getting besieged with calls, people asking to attend. You guys have to stop at Andy and Bax and get hip waiters before you go and bring the Lysol wipes. Just don't touch anything. No, I'm taking those with me, yeah. Yeah. Don't bring them back. I can totally totally see uh, someone waddling up and putting this on the jukebox. (laughs) Relive my... You know, when I was pulling this audio yesterday, and I actually pulled this audio off the YouTube of this video, here's a weird thing, and I don't think this is just guys. Women probably do this too, but there's a whole generation of guys who saw this video 10,000 times on MTV, and I was watching it. It all came back how I remember specific shots in this video of girls in the front row who are all hot and girls that I'd forgotten about. And they show at one point this girl in like a tight white tank top like gyrating and I'm like, I remember that girl. It's like those girls in the once bitten twice shy video. It's just a weird, it's weird how that stuff kind of sticks with you. Uh, these are the top five creepiest songs you'd hear playing in the background of the Swingers Club. Tim? Number four, Johnny Cash at a Ring of Fire. Oh. This is on the, this is on Mexican Night. You could just see, like, everybody come have a tamale and some sex. <laughs> oh, my God. Microwave like chimichangas. Seriously. Slipping down someone's chin onto their... Under their partner. <laughs> oh Did you see somebody wearing a sombrero and a condom? I was just going to say. Seriously. Oh. Just wearing a, wearing like a, a poncho and nothing. I was just going to say poncho, too. Good for, you want a show? You're great. I was just going to say wear a poncho and a rubber. You oh, have a quesadilla. <laughs> Oh. Wielding a speculum out of a holster. Okay, see, that's where you kind of go one step beyond. Speculum and in a burns. holster. Oh. Ring of fire. And it burns, burns. Oh All right. Uh, Kathy, the top five creepiest songs you would find at the Swingers Club put together by listener Chris. Number three, Leonard Skittered with That Smell. <laughs> well done, sir. Well played. Yeah, the guy who's balding but still has really long stringy hair. 
And talks like this. Yeah. Yeah. And he's there with his old lady. His old lady. Yeah. I like to watch my old lady get it on. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Oh. I... I yeah, I don't even know. You know, I'm, I, I wonder, though, if walking around the swingers club, you know, you're going to imagine these awful things going on. I wonder if it's just really just boring pedestrian Have you sex. seen that movie, The Lifestyle? No. Because, uh, you know, like Sarah, we were talking about how we do have kind of a weird, I won't say morbid, because I, I really am not passing judgment. These are cheap jokes we're making, and I, but whatever. But the more people that I've been telling you about this, everyone has the same yeah, fascination. Right. Uh, so, Lara and I went to see this movie called The Lifestyle, which is a documentary about swinging, like, in the suburbs. Because it is, I think, almost an entirely suburban thing. Yeah, it is. Um, I'm pretty sure. And there is the greatest sequence there, where a guy... It's like a swinger party, like in a backyard, and it's all fenced off and everything, so it's private. But it's in a backyard, and there's a guy, seems like a very normal, run-of-the-mill guy, talking about, you know, he's like, well, this is just something my wife and I are into, and whatever. And he's at, it sounds like a joke, but in a backyard buffet, and he's like loading up a paper plate with like some potato salad. You know, and he's like, so anyway, my wife and I have been doing this for about 12 years, and he's like putting some chicken wings on a plate. And in the background, totally unremarked upon by anybody, is a couple in a hammock just like getting their sex on. And as they're, the hammock is swinging in and out of the shot, in and out of the frame. Oh, my goodness. And it, it's, what makes it so great is that he's just totally, right. like he's, you know, like it's just a normal thing. Just like eating he's, chicken? He's eating chicken, and meanwhile, in the background, there's a whole lot of hump going on. And wow. it's like you're just watching it going, huh, well, okay, so, you know, whatever. But right. it's called The Lifestyle. It's pretty fascinating. These are the top five uh, creepiest songs to play in the background of a swingers club. Two, meatloaf, I'll do anything for love. <laughs> Sorry, sir. Hey, at least I get to hear Mila. Yeah. Wow, so a, a membership rate for a single woman is $20, oh, yeah. and a membership rate for single men is $100. Oh, yeah. yeah well, women, totally. they need women there. Believe me, it's all guys standing around. I'm yeah, Seriously, because I'm surprised it's that uh, and low for men. And the membership's only $40. When I've been, I've been to sex clubs where women get in for free on certain nights, but men, there, there, in San Francisco, there was one where single men were not allowed to come in. I think it was that way when it was the Ace of Hearts. Yeah. Oh, you, you, a man has to come with a woman. He yeah. can't go by himself. Uh, we, or I, uh, I, I know a guy or knew a guy who went, and he, I think, had tried to go as a single guy, and they're like, nope, nope. come back with a woman. Yeah, you got to get a woman. And uh, so he went back with his, uh, like, some yeah. on-again, off-again girlfriend. And, yeah, so I think it was... Because otherwise, it's just nothing. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You Storm. know, I you said... win. There's so much crap in your head. <laughs> Jesus. All right. It wasn't, was it a bad thing I said? I don't think so, no. Well, you know what? There's many shows that would let that pass. Okay. And as much as... I don't think anyone should ever hear that. Ever. I don't. That's like that phrase when you described performing an act with another woman, and that phrase you used to describe it. I don't remember. You know, it was. Never mind. I, I'll tell you later. Lars, People on the podcast heard it. Lars Larson might let that pass, but we're not that kind I of. I okay. Those guy, guy earlier, you said we sounded like the Lars Larson show. How do you feel now, friend? All right. Here's uh, the uh, top five. Here's the creepiest songs you'll hear at a swingers club. <laughs> Number one, boys to men, I'll make you love me. Oh, I'll make love to you. <laughs> and this guy noted that we've already had it, but it is obvious and made even creepier by the fact that everybody learned this in grade school. You could just see like two strangers caressing each other's faces while they're crying. One of them's crying. I don't know. <laughs> you said it would bring us together. <laughs> oh. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Is that too much? <laughs> Ew! <laughs> Just picturing the worst people in everyday life. 
I have to say, uh, and again, in all fairness, because I know we're just, it's such an easy target. I mean, but uh, having lived across from there and, and still living near there, you know, I drive by that place a lot and it's open. I have three or four nights a week. I have seen some normal people going in and I actually have seen, uh, I always seem to see the women coming out for some reason. Uh, so maybe they, running away. Maybe, maybe they wear less on the way out or something. I don't know. But I have actually seen a couple women come out who I thought were pretty hot. But I, it is, it does, it just seems logically like, mm-hmm. it, it just seems like that's not the case overall. I just don't know. Every, I, every like, sexual kind of event I have encountered, be it the exotic erotic ball in San Francisco or the, uh, or the sex club in San Francisco or an orgy, um, I went as strictly as a voyeur. Pretty much, it's the same thing as when you go to a, oh, let's go to a nude beach. You ever, right. you ever do that? No. Oh, let's go to a nude beach. It'd be so cool. It'd be hot, whatever. And it's always just like a bunch of yorking, pasty, <laughs> bag boys Genius. looking for yorking. girls to stare. Well, because I would imagine it's a lot like uh, any sort of like a chat room or something, where it's just nothing but horny dudes waiting for, hey, what, what do you look like? You know? No, no. And I mean, and being a guy, I think I am, and that is a difference between Sarah and I. Is it Sarah said that she has no desire. I think being a guy, like I'm a voyeur just by nature, mm-hmm. just but being a guy that just comes with the wiring, that you just are a voyeur, but I, there's good voyeurism and bad voyeurism. There's good voyeurism and bad voyeurism, but there also is some appeal to the disgusting. There is. There's some appeal to like, oh my God, because you, you can't pretend that you haven't looked at someone morbidly obese and wondered what they look like naked. On that note, take a break. We'll come back. Storm Large is here. Uh, we'll uh, wrap things up for the state of the Ringers Radio Program. We now enter the saddest part of the broadcasting day, the final segment of the Rick Emerson Show. Somebody suggested Let's Get It On. Also, Sexual Healing, which is like the worst song ever recorded oh. anyway. Oh, those are too obvious. I what about Be My like... Baby by the Ronettes? Oh, don't sell that song for me. Why do you do that? <laughs> uh, Storm Large, uh, tonight at the Wonder Ballroom, doors at 7, show at 8. Yes, indeed. Tickets at the door or online? Tickets or... at the Well, it's it's... It's pretty close to being sold out, but I think there's still some tickets at the door still. Excellent. And the Wonder Ballroom's awesome. Uh, details at stormlarge.com. Uh, coming up tomorrow on the Rick Emerson Show. What the hell is coming up tomorrow? Is something exciting Aaron tomorrow? Geek in the city? Aaron Geek in the City. Durant, we may be interviewing somebody from the Writers Guild tomorrow as well. Richie's trying to put that together. Whoa. Uh, and so forth. Don't forget, a week from tomorrow, the Rick Emerson Holiday Spectacular. Uh, that is next Friday, the 21st, featuring some live and studio music and other happenings we'll get and guests. any day now. Uh, I, Joni, email me back. She swears it'll be formatted. And uh, in our virtual hands this evening. So it is written. She's just formatting it now. Uh, so that is coming up a, a week from tomorrow. Uh, we want to thank Storm Large. Uh, we want to thank Dr. Elmo. We want to thank Tim, the fake Rick Emerson uh, interview guy today. Well done. Uh, Lisa Desjardins and Steve Kastenbaum. Uh, Rick Emerson show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon for AM 970 Solid State Radio. A proud member of the CBS Radio family in the newsroom. It's Tim Riley on the phone. Richie Bristol. The gatekeeper is Dave Zinn. Webmistress and imaging is Bridget upstairs and of course cbs radio portland marketing guru susan reynolds as always my friends thank you for listening uh, be safe don't let the bastards grind you down watch out for snakes uh and all that see y'all tomorrow bye now
run over by a reindeer. Don't wear missile, duck the ring. Just